All right. Good morning. Did, did we have Jay on the intro? I don't we, ever we hear did, it. We did. We did. I think there was some issue with the stream. Anyway. Oh, Hooray. no. All right. we're, oh, we're doing oh. great from the get-go. It was yeah, fine last start. night, which was only eight hours ago, and I didn't even restart my computer, so it's not, I don't know, clearly my fault. Um, well, but here, that, that horrible light you see coming from this direction is the sun. It's the day uh, star. It's often, it's often yeah, the star of the day. There star we go. It's not often day. here uh, when exactly. we do our show. But but first of all, we want to welcome Hoopy to the show. Hi, hey. good morning. Hello, fellow travelers. I'm so happy to be here. And uh, I, I loved, I love that, Adam, uh, that, that thing coming from my side. It's the sun. <laughs> it's <laughs> melting my face. I could do something about it, but it's I, too much I have also the sun for me, for me, it's the afternoon, but um, yeah. Oh, so see, that's a nice, pleasant sun. That's that's a lovely sun. I love it. It is. It is really. It's it's been a lovely day so far. So thank you for having me. I'm beyond excited, and yeah, so happy to meeting you both and all the fellow travelers that join us in the early morning show. Apologies <laughs> for the early morning thing. That was oh, fantastic. I, honest, honestly, uh, we were really excited to even get the opportunity to get some moment of your time, right? So. We're very thankful for that. Um, before we get started, I did want to let everybody on the stream and on the podcast and on the YouTubes know that this is strictly focused on War Crow Adventures, not the upcoming war game. Uh, not because we don't want to talk about it, because I want to talk about <laughs> it so bad. Uh, but because, you know, this is the, 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 the pledge manager is now open, so you can go like hang out and buy things. Go buy things. Um, go buy things. <laughs> give, give your money to the architect of flesh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I'm 100 percent going to do that. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. corrupted. Eventually, corrupted we will we will uh, get to a point where we can talk about that, and hopefully, we'll have you back on, and we can we can talk all about that. But not today. Okay. So uh, I mean, blame you... it on me. I'll take all the bullets. No worries. Sorry. But yeah, um, this only means let's look at from the from the bright side. This yep. means we'll have another episode, and we will talk hey. long and wide and and everything you you want about the war game, but not just now. No, we got to talk about what we got. We got we got, we have to give War Adventures its moment in the sun, right? Exactly. Like, and thank you, John, for the the hippo bird. I love it. He's so cute. <laughs> it's like ah, the cutest. I I, I try. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Um, All right. Well. At least um, you got the bird right, like on the first try. There you go, right? <laughs> I, I can operate Google. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be surprised because many months ago, I think even a year ago, something people said, "Oh yeah, I know, it's it's a kingfisher." It's like no, but but the name of the bird is is Hopu. But they <laughs> these were also the the people that call me Hope. So it's like you're not even trying, aren't you? <laughs> Well, that, just, that, you know, just, right? Oh. Like they're, 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 they're trying to turn it into uh, you know, a, a name that, that is um, more common here among exotic dancers. It's totally yeah. fine. Hoopoo is much fun. It's much more fun. Like, yeah, it, it sounds I, like the bird. So it's like, boop, boop. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll put you on the spot, Hoopoo, uh, and, and say for those, of, for those of our listeners and, and audience who don't know what Warcrow Adventures is, What's like the, you know, one minute spiel about what it is? Okay, so welcome to the world of Lindbom, which is the setting of Corvus Belli, new dungeon crawler, 
fantasy game finally and uh well actually this belongs to the warcraft universe which is a new ip that we are developing currently and uh warcraft ventures is one of the games that we are planning uh, for it warcraft ventures is a dungeon crawler is a co-op game up to four players in which you get in the skin of adventurers and travelers that have landed in the little town coastal city of hawthorne point each of them for the very different reasons is a very very strongly narrative based game this is actually what we want to call this is a narrative challenge because it's not that easy to just go in there and it's not just simply us throwing dice and killing bad guys and pew 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 no 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 that's we we like you know if you know us from at corpus valley we'd like to do things a little bit you know stepping up a little bit so yeah now currently the game uh was funded on kickstarter last november and currently the pledge manager is open via game found which means that you will have another chance to get um the, to get access to all the exclusive content and yeah most multi exclusive content and extra perks for you know supporting the game on this platform so i invite you to just take a look dive into this beautiful world there's a lot of effort put into it so yeah i am very excited to talk about walker adventures here i love narrative games and so it yeah, definitely absolutely. doesn't sound like you've ever had to give that spiel before no yeah completely unpracticed, <laughs> no. unpolished it looks um, like it sounds like i had something to do with the process or something yeah, like i'm yeah, somehow <laughs> well which i didn't oh, sorry i didn't say that my name is hopeful and i am an narrative designer and a game developer at corpus valley and uh, i am here representing the crow itself and all its members so yeah that's that's me in case you were the wondering crow. how come i know the speech by heart so well this is not my first time. There you go. <laughs> how, this um, is not my, how do you say it in the States? This is not my first rodeo. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yep. Yep. That is a, an unfortunate idiom, but it's, it's there. Uh, I've never been to a rodeo. I think you can tell. <laughs> Come on uh, to Oregon, if, 4th of July. We have a decent one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so if you want to go do the thing and buy the stuff, you can do it at warcrow.com. Easy to get to. There's a big back us on GameFound link, as we saw. Oop, it's right here. Click on the thing, and it'll take you to GameFound. Oh, that's funny. Hey. Well, you have it in dark mode. I like you much more now. I, I, I can't do it. I have, yeah. I have the everything in dark mode too. Uh, <laughs> everything is dark. Here. Everything is, dark. is burning. <laughs> um, well, I had, I had a quick question, as is tradition. Uh, Hoopa, what are you drinking this um, afternoon, evening? Okay, morning? so first of all. Stay Venom hydrated targets? because because smart people stay hydrated. So I have my trusty venom cup in here, which is with just filled with water. Classic. And um, I mean, don't don't chase me. I know this was such a poor film. I know, but I walked into the <laughs> cinema solely for this cup. And uh, uh, I have cardamom tea, cardamom black oh, tea. Oh, I'm a very big tea lover. So yeah, excellent. How about you, John? I am enjoying the very finest of coffee. Nescafe's Taster's Choice Instant Coffee. It's very oh, good. It's very good. It's in it's in my Ooh. mug over here. I mean, yeah, you're like you're gonna make me the coffee snob then. I mean, uh, somebody because, has to be. We're from Portland, yeah, right? I'm drinking tea. Use... Come on, if if someone's a snob here, I think that wants right? me. Well, I have I have a I have a, a small batch personal roaster up in Hillsboro who oh delivers. <laughs> Is that are you making this up? No, it's, it's for real. 100% real. Yeah. I love it. His name, is, 
him. Uh, Blind Coffee is his company. Um, really good coffee. I want to give him a shout out. Tim, you're not what's watching. On your, what's on your <laughs> mug, though? Is it oh, like a personalized yeah. mug? Yeah, no. So this is a, this oh, is a gosh, mug from that's a story. Uh, Enchanted Forest, which is a small theme park just outside Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And the way I like to describe the theme park is someone in the 70s went to Disneyland and looked around and said, I could do that. <laughs> it would be one of these moments, like this holds my beer moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's everything is like close to, but not quite. So they have the seven dwarves, but they have different names. It's like, okay. I'm try, I've been trying to remember them all, but it's like wheezy, droopy, itchy, scratchy. Itchy. Oh, yeah. Like they're all, they all sound like infections. Um, but, yeah, so it's 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 amazing. Those people in the chat saying like accurate can confirm. Yep. <laughs> that sounds like a traumatic experience. Yeah, drippy. Yeah, no, they're they're fantastic. And, and nothing, nothing feels safe, you know, because it was all made by some guy with like handfuls of cement piling it up to make underground cave networks that you're supposed to let your children through, uh, with no light that you can barely, you know, that are 18 inches in diameter. Uh, at biggest. Yeah, so like if the kid gets stuck, you cannot help them. It sounds dramatically like Five Nights at Freddy's. Like in I the know. worst possible yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, have a, they have Oh, they have a haunted house that's like, it's legit scary because it's like teenagers hiding in dark circles jumping out to scare you. But like uh, the whole the whole theme park seems to be enchanted, as in like haunted. Not enchanted, sorry. <laughs> the, the word I was looking for was haunted. It, right? It's, uh, it's it's cute how hard they try. <laughs> Makes the, the roller coaster much more fun when you think you could go flying off the tracks. Yeah, God exactly. in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so so I love Enchanted Forest. Um, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with Oregon's legalized marijuana. Like it's it's just an enjoyable experience. <laughs> we broke like I I didn't know much about uh, Oregon before coming here and now I feel educated and like yeah, you should come it's fantastic yeah. do come yeah. visit uh, I mean yeah. The, Joe, this, I, yeah. add it to my book a list already <laughs> oh man all right so that was a little bit of a tangent off of what we were drinking this morning cardamom tea lovely uh, <laughs> Holy the cow. tears of the kids going into the rites of enchanted forest would be my next answer. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Holy cow. Okay, what were we talking about? Oh, Warcrow Adventures. Apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> All right. So um let's uh let's dig into the game a bit, shall we? Um, yeah, maybe so, maybe we can start with. So you have the the pledge manager open now. Um, CB actually has a a very long history of uh, supporting its games. Uh, can can you talk a little bit about the plans for uh, what future support is is coming or or like anticipated? Like is this like just general plans? I guess. So this game is going to go uh, to retail. It's going to be available for purchasing in stores after the Kickstarter and the game found and the pledge manager is finished. And um, 
As for us, we can tell now on current plans because we never know what the future could bring. That uh, we're not planning to getting um, any further support because it would be something that we would need to evaluate once time has passed and see how mm. the game performs once in mm. stores and how the community enjoys it and if they demand more content if it becomes super popular or if it just performs just as well but like it stays here and it's more than enough so uh, we always at COVID we love to say that we never close not windows no doors no secret hidden passages to anything like we, we like having all the you know, see, it's all, all the side rows considered, but at the current moment, we are focusing in in the first of finishing this to um, deliver it to the backers, and then, fluently, they will go to stores, and then we'll go from there. Yes, I mean that's a that's a smart way to do it, right? Yeah. Like, don't don't put the uh, another idiom is you know don't put the cart before the horse, mm. right? Like, in in Spanish, a, you, we say don't sell the. Either the boar or the bear skin before you kill it, mm. because we, yeah. <laughs> because we, that's that's that's, that's, the that's pretty that's pretty metal. <laughs> yeah, right. Can't kill the bear. We can't sell the bear skin before you kill it. Yeah, yeah. Right. But now this is something you can incorporate to English because I think it works perfectly. It yeah, does. flawless, perfect. It rolls right off the tongue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, cool. So if you you know everything that is uh, that is available currently on the pledge manager, it seems like there are going to be some um, specific heroes and maybe sculpts that are uh, exclusive to the pledge manager. Mm -hmm. But then uh, it sounds like the major expansions, um, I guess minus the uh, the big monster, will be available in store. Yes, the expansion, the core books will be uh, on store. And I'm looking that way because that, that's where I have you guys. I can see the screen. <laughs> uh, the core books is going to be in stores. And you can also purchase the expansion, The Death Close of the Dream. And you could also have the chance to buy the alternative enemies, and uh, both for the core books and the expansion pack. And uh, yeah, but... Um, all the models, because it's something people are interested, and yes, I can confirm, all the miniatures in the Dungeon Crawler, both allies and enemies, it will have the profile eventually in the coming war game. Mm -hmm. However, the miniatures will be exclusive belonging to the Dungeon Crawler. So yes, you will have a, a, yeah, you will have a profile to play Darach, but uh, the miniature of Darach will be in this uh, cool box. You know how this works. If people ask yeah. for it in the future, we can do another one, sure. But this one, this particular one, you can only find in the in um, in Walker Adventures. And um, Very cool. I don't know if people know. I'm talking about an elf. <laughs> I'm right, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. A ranger that wears uh, the forest in his dreadlock ponytail. Yeah, because I absolutely he, love that model. He's not familiar with the ancient concept of having a bath. It will get there, though. That's part of the character progression. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Would... Where Where do we find like? Because that's so interesting, right? Just that one little tidbit you gave us there. Uh, what's like? Is Is are there gonna? Because uh, oh gosh, I'm I'm speaking over myself. But there's like three short stories available on workword.com, which are really fun. Uh, one of them definitely uh, cemented my desire to play the Scions, which was I think the um, <laughs> not the bog one, but like the children of the something. Yeah, the children, uh, the unborn. Yeah, that was like, oh, okay, they're morally great, kind of, but not really. Great, I'm in. <laughs> 
They are morally gray. Yeah. I think we're working hard to give every single nation in our universe a good motive and a good what in mythology uh, it's called self-defining narrative because it would be much more easier to just coin the darkness trademark and it's like yeah, right, but right. what what is a darkness trademark i want to be able to identify with a nation because let's be honest and be realistic in these games we play either because we like the looks of a particular army or because we like the story of a particular army so all of them are super great all of them and that's fantastic because there's not such thing as the bad guys if you ask someone from feudum the clear bad guys are not the scion is the hegemony and if you ask the orcs, they would also say the hegemony is a bad guy. But if you ask the hegemony, they will say, no, no, like the complete yeah, pit of darkness is feudum. And then there's the CNN over there. And then we have Mount Haven, who basically they, they do not dislike everyone, but they could live without the rest of the people. Um, so we worked hard in creating this background and this law for our nations that gives to sense and the science yeah of course they can come out as the bird guys because of the looks but if you pass over that if you if, if you let it wait once you get to know the science you understand that it's just another way of understanding life and just another set of values and then you choose and then you pick <laughs> and then there's a merchant alliance but we don't talk about bruno and we don't talk about the merchant alliance <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I mean, the only thing you have of the Merchant Alliance so far is Little Ismail and powerful Sneaky Vergana, so. That's pretty cool. They're not family, though. They're, they're not family, and they, they never met before, <laughs> so. Also, um, when John and I, so John and I got, received a demo copy and we were able to play the the introductory um, yep. uh, mission that was a scenario that was there. Um, that was a lot of fun. And for me, one of the biggest selling points of the game, honestly, is the app. And sure. full disclosure, I was prepared to hate the app. Um, yeah. Like I played. Well, yeah. So Adam is a, a user experience designer. So he had like strong opinions about apps. <laughs> that is yeah. fantastic. If we convince you, thank you for saying that the yeah. app is, is a contribution that helps a lot it brings a lot to the game table while bringing less because space well, to me it makes it it makes it playable right so yeah. this is this isn't a dig on on the defiance you know on the defiance crew i love them but like it took my entire and i have a large dining room table it took my entire dining room table covered in in decks cards of cards to play through things, the first yeah. mission um i don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah <laughs> But so for me, one of the things that like I grew up playing dungeon crawlers, right? So Hero Quest, Warhammer Quest, all those like back in the 90s were some of my first miniature games. Um, and one of the things I enjoyed about them was that you just got to play the game. And I feel like as time goes on, people want more out of their out of the dungeon crawler game, right? They want more complexity. They want to know what's going to happen, um, more detail to the experience and our tool for randomly generating content is decks of cards and dice and charts. Yeah. Right. Um, and that is something that, you know, I feel like um, if you've ever, yeah. So if, if you played uh, defiance or, you know, min basically most modern dungeon crawlers, you have a lot of these additional tools and that has turned me off. I've actually like dug out my old copy of Warhammer quest 95 and I'm like, John, we're playing this because nobody makes a good dungeon crawler anymore. Um, but the app took all of that away. 
Like, and that to me was was huge. And like I said, I was fully prepared to hate the app. I've played plenty of app supported games before and did not like the app and thought that the app actually actively took away from the experience. Um, where this, the app, it works quite seamlessly into the experience and improves gameplay quite a bit. So uh, now that I've, you know, <laughs> kissed your butt plenty enough about the app. Um, oh, it's okay. I, I like the experience though, because there was a lot of, I don't want to say like blunt hate, but there was a lot of, um, you know, doubts and and mistrust about the app, precisely because all the games, all the dungeon crawlers did not perform as expected, which is entirely natural. I mean, the customer knows what they like and mm. they know what they dislike. And um, it is true that for all the dungeon crawlers, you feel like you're playing both on the app and then on the table. And if you yeah. wanted to do that, it, you, you'd rather do a video game or like something, you know, click and point adventure, yeah. if that's what it reaches a point for you to do. Whereas in this one, whenever people show like strong, believe me, very strong constructed <laughs> opinions on the very uh, on the app. Right. Our we always invited them to at least watch some of the gameplay that all the channels put up or even try it themselves. Because there were some things that while understandable, that show that you haven't played this one. Yeah. You didn't play yeah. this one. You didn't get the full experience. And whereas the the gameplay of the demo is limited, and uh, uh, because it is a demo, it just it's true. But it's difficult to gather the full gameplay sensation of a dungeon crawler because, especially of this one, which is very strongly narrative based, you cannot do that in just a demo game and. Um, that's something that shows um, throughout the progression of the of the campaign. You can show bits and boops of it, definitely, but the full experience and if it's satisfactory from the point of view of evolution and narrative development, that's something that is achieved over time and throughout the campaign. What mm -hmm. um, the app here provides us with many tools that we learn to take advantage of. One of them, and one of my favorite actually, is the is the capacity of throwing into the app a well-written narrative without restrictions. And even though there's always uh, all the restrictions, space was not anymore, and you can construct better the characters and the mm. NPCs and the dialogues and take much more care and caution and even like pamper a little bit your narrative um, because it's important. It is one of the points of selling and you want for them to, like, we've received comments, very positive comments on the narrative of the Dunya Cooler, and that melts my heart because they always compare, oh, I played X or Y. It's not that I, I'm not censoring, yeah. it's just I don't remember. Uh, and they they claim to be narrative games, and then it's always like either the same or it seems like a 12 year old, very passionate about a fantasy game, wrote the narrative. Whereas this one, it's a very tailored and carefully constructed narrative from a very solid base that comes from the background prepared for not just the war game but for the whole universe because we're creating a universe that is much more alive and in the app you can you know just throw all this narrative you can also have multiple behaviors for the enemies which is amazing yeah. it yeah, is amazing really because cool. you know through the well, course of the missions and the scenarios Sometimes you memorize what they do. Or you can expect somehow, oh, I've oh, played sure. against this fella before, so I know what I have to do. 
Yeah, not in this know, one. Not in know, this a one. A lot of times, you know, a lot of times when you play again other dungeon crawler games, right? You've you've got some sort of chart you have to roll on for the monster behavior, or some sort of deck to draw from, and this um, kind of it gets it gets all of that uh, kind of dogma out of the way and just lets you play the game. Yeah, uh, which is nice. But so my my question here really is. Um, the app is so good. Are there is there the ability for players to contribute their own content to the app? So could I write my own my Your own fan fiction? You want yeah, to contribute? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's okay. not get too far into the fan fiction side of things. So yes. not right now. There are no no plans uh, for the um, okay. not 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 at the moment uh, for the game. As I was explaining, it has a very solid narrative base uh, coming from information that we have but it's not present mm-hmm. to the players. So since this is a narrative-based adventure, and I cannot emphasize enough how important narrative is in, in this game for the development and construction of a product, because you need to be very um, conscious of what you're creating. And if you want to create a narrative mm-hmm. challenge, such was our case, you need to play by its rules, because we're not inventing the wheel. It's a dungeon crawler, as there are others. But we wanted to explore certain aspects of it. For example, a very solid and important uh, narrative uh, challenge for you. Something that was more than just rolling dice on a board. That I, and and everything changes and shapes the the bit of the campaign. The from your roles and the result of your roles, certain decisions you need to um, to make along the game. And that comes from information that the the, the players they do not have. So. There's no the, the player generated content will not be something that the app supports, okay. but like many other things with uh, these kind of games, we will see how the future develops and uh, what surprises it brings us. We do not say deaf or blind to a good idea, and uh, yeah, although it would be it would be interesting uh, to see what people come up with. Um, Again, because uh, maybe after playing the core game, you can have a very insight of the story and what's actually going on in Hawthorne Point, because that's the main thing of the core campaign, which, by the way, has a name also. It's called Shallows of Mist. And uh, the idea is to unravel the mysteries in Hawthorne Point. It will be difficult for the users to create uh, a similar product if they don't know what's going sure. on in Hawthorne Point. Or they, it could be very big holes in the plot and the narrative and you know so not for now not for now okay that's i mean i kind of expected that because it does seem like there are a lot of complicated hooks that you'd have to program sure in for sure i mean I, I guess looking my my pushback on that would be to say uh you you've spent all this time and effort creating this wonderful world it almost feels like as a companion to all of this stuff that you know you have the the table, uh, the, the the dungeon crawler, eventually the war game. Uh, it seems like the next thing in line should be a set of core rule books and lore books for running a pen and paper RPG, right? And then when you do that, then it makes sense for like, cause cause then cause we talked we spoke before the before we started the show we spoke about the continuum, right? So you have mm-hmm. uh, you have you in that case you would have uh, a full blown you know D and D style you know tabletop RPG. In the middle you'd have Warcraft Adventures. All the way on the right you'd you know on the other side you'd have you know the full blown war game, um, and it would be nice for um, like say the uh, the game master of the RPG to be able to sort of pull the uh, the war gamers over into the more narrative side of things by saying like hey. Let's get together. I wrote a thing. It's on the it's on the app. You know, well, this is the hook for my campaign, and and if you're interested, we can play it. That'd be really cool. Um, 
So that's, I don't know, that's, that's my pushback. No, definitely. That would be fantastic. But as a company, we need to be realistic with oh, the yeah, present right. moment without taking the eye from the future. Absolutely. So, for example, I can tell you the role-playing game was something that was in our mind. You know that we have a role-playing game for Infinity as well. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, because... You know, we've learned a lot from uh, from the past experience and uh, Warcross Big Brother, which is the infinity of the universe, has uh, taught us a lot of things. So this, there's things that we already considered when developing not only the war game and the, uh, and the dungeon crawler. So, you know, what about since we've created this rich and vast universe, why not take it like a step further? But those are ideas in, in consideration because then the day-to-day of a company is a little bit more complicated than people at first can think uh, of. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's as I was saying, we, we don't say, we like to say uh, that is a very cyan-like policy because we do not throw away anything. Everything goes to the container. Uh, yep. Well, we'd like to, uh, how would you? How it's, you just, it's just based? biomass. Don't worry about it. Yeah, say- it's, um, no, there's, there's a way... We put it in the freezer. Does it, does it make sense? Yeah, like we, no, absolutely. We when something, like, right? So when we think, oh, this might be interesting, but the current circumstances don't allow it mm-hmm. for it to happen, but don't throw it away, put it in the freezer. Yeah, no, this is like, I just think immediately to um, back before, right before Day was announced and I think Carlos did that presentation with all these sticky notes of ideas, and I think all of the ideas have been made now, right? There was there was Rem Racing, Rem Racing, yeah. Space Combat, and a fantasy game. Yep. The only thing that's missing is an epic, like a, a small scale battle game. <laughs> I think, yeah. Now, now that you mention it, you, you should see my you should see my desk. I mean, someone asked me to share my my working place, but I can't because my wall is full of spoilers and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but there's there's a lot of post-it notes and little drawings and you know it's just we thrive on that it's sure. again a very cyan like policy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> save it all <laughs> um but no so that sounds pretty cool the, the, you know the app is actually the other thing i really enjoyed about it was that it's it is the story is more complex than what you can actually see on the surface of, of the app and we only discovered this by playing through the demo a few times and getting different endings, yeah, right. Like, oh, I love that. That's that's another thing. That's one of my favorites. Is it like, yeah, ah. and that's a, that's a really hard. I feel like that's a really hard thing to capture, yeah, um, in in more traditional, you know, non app based uh, games. And like, and I don't even like... know if it's oh, sorry, used sorry. in the future. Yeah, like I don't even know is is that something that's used as the story progresses that you you can branch the story and go different ways or yeah. I don't know if you guys have those. You possibly do, but I don't know if I'm saying the right name because I have direct translations from Spanish. It's called Choose Your Own Adventure yeah. kind of books. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think something, um, it was considered, Walker Adventures was considered to be built as one of these before taking into account, of, hey, but what if we go full electronic? Uh, right. But yeah, it would be such as, oh, if you... I don't know, you kick the door down or do you pick the lock? If you pick the lock, go to entry yeah. number mm-hmm. X. If you kick the door down, go to entry number Z. It's like number Z. I know numbers. I can English. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, but it, it um, it's a different way uh, of uh, approaching to it. And, of course, everything has its pros and cons. 
but definitely like finally we chose to go with an app and i am very happy with all the possibilities it opened uh, for us not just for the full gameplay as in like the scenarios per se but also the in between how do you say this in in, in english like in between scenario and scenario, you go back to the hub, mm -hmm. which is Hawthorne Point in this case. Right. Where am I quoting? You go back to Hawthorne Point. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and then you there you're able to do some stuff and to speak to the emphasis. I don't know what kind of players you guys are, but I am one that would post the salvation of the entire world in order to go look for a lost dog, or a lost cat. Sure. Like Ganon completely destroying Hyrule <laughs> and me picking up chickens at Kakariko is something that has happened yep. <laughs> and will continue to happen. I mean, that's, that's where you find richness in the world, right? Uh, I, I did want to touch upon that again and how important I think the app is to the narrative because, A, you know, I Adam has dragged me through a bunch of dungeon callers now. Um, I couldn't tell you what happened in Defiance. But I, I can tell you what happened in the demo episode of, of or the demo game yeah. of of uh, of Warcrow. What so can't you tell good. me about Defiance? Because spoilers. Sorry. Why no, can't you tell me about Defiance? Oh, I just I just don't remember the story. Like it wasn't. Ah, okay, okay. I thought yeah. it was like avoiding spoilers, something like that. But yeah, I, I'm very interested to know what happened in the demo game of Warcrow Enters. I mean, I I well, I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I which think, time? Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Which time? I played it a bunch now. Uh, but I, I think the, the cool part about it is you, you mentioned this earlier, right? There's lots of limitations to writing narrative, um, but the app lets you get rid of space as one, which I think is very important. The other thing that it lets you do is actually have uh, like all the players, I mean, at least on the first playthrough are in the dark, right? Because if you, uh -huh. like, let's say you buy, you know, let's say there wasn't an app and you bought Warcrow Adventures, you get this like big book and you have to like flip through pages. Like I can't not read it, right? I know. I'm like looking I at know. the page, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's gonna be bad, right?" But now you can get to you get drawn into it, and then it also prevents any like metagaming concerns. You're like, "Oh, well, if we open the chest, then we get the thing. If we don't open the chest, then you know we don't have the bandages, and bandages are important because we don't have uh, what is it, Ludovine, right? So because we're like two, two players <laughs> right now, like, like we we because I did a bunch of like uh, two or three demo games, and like not having one of the characters, I was like, "Oh boy, well we don't have." The healers, so we're kind of screwed. Right, that, <laughs> that is something that, that hard that mode. is oh, also God, yeah. hard for for our testers. We, we have a very solid group of, of mm -hmm. people testing the game, and for them, is is an effort because testing a dungeon crawler is hard. Sure, it's not mm -hmm. as quick or as swift as testing something like Aristea, like Infinity, or like um, any other game that's not a dungeon crawler, because you need to bear in mind that the moment you approach a scenario you would be as in the dark as any other player and even if you replay it i think nobody in the entire world is going to play the scenarios of warcraft adventures as much as our testers have sure, sure. So it's difficult for them because they, they sometimes bail their team saying like, okay, so behind this door was this, and then there was that thing over there, and then there was a, mm-hmm, so I am preparing my team for that. Whereas actually you need to pause that, avoid that pre-assumption and say, okay, what if I didn't know? And that's difficult. It is mm -hmm. difficult even for me when I when we are walking on, on, on scenarios, 
And and you know, I, it, it reached a point because we prepared the demo game for scenario one. And it reached a point it could recite the scenario by heart. <laughs> yeah. But then you have the chance to share it with people because um, I, uh, I uh, took the scenario one to a fair in Madrid. And people were, they gave you the true experience. And it was so... I don't know, fantastic seeing their reaction and being like, oh, look at what just happened. And they're just staring there. And you think to yourself, yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly why we put it like this. And they're like, oh, shut up. They did what? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you get it. Like, that's, that's the feeling we, you know, because of how the game process and the development process works, we've lost that. Um, yeah, and uh, it's uh, the 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 thing I would say the closest thing we have aside from the testers' reaction is the reaction from um, our editors, both in Spanish and English. Mm. That uh, we have a brilliant relationship with all of them, and uh, they leave us comments. And I I remember that at one of the very big like, reveals of the campaign, I had like a list of comments, and it, it was full of capital letters, and it was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I'm it was very fun. I mean, not to like to hi super hype everything, but it was fun seeing like that's the real experience about Junjun Crawler. Even if you play again, you possibly you're not going to repeat with the same group of people. And there's always this element of surprise. And for that, the app allows a magnificent work. Because as you say, even if you say that there's only one chance to open one door, and you don't. Right. You, when you have a book, you're going to be like, Okay, like, that was definitely that was definitely yeah. a driver to replay it. Yeah. It was like, what's behind the damn door? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that actually happened to us. We we played it, and I think the first time, uh, what is it? Uh, what's what's the real name of Alola? Like the, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like the, <laughs> the video worked. What can I say? Right. Um, My but, heart. For you, good sir. <laughs> uh, uh, Lola. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. No. Lola's name is Lola, but yeah. the species of the creature is called a Kipling. Yeah, that's right. Here we go. Uh, so the first time, I think it, I've played it so many times now, I think it burst out. Uh, and, and we were like, what happens if you open the door? Right. So we, we, we like, we actually like re rack because it was just the two of us. We played two characters. We're like, we're going to do this again. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I need and we, to just, know. we just needed to. Yeah, right. We need to know, like, what 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 happened here, uh, and That's so that was really fun. Um, the the other thing that was really fun about that was because we were learning the mechanics at the time, right? Because the mm -hmm. the um the demo game came with like a bunch of helpful printouts of like all the rules. So like you know, like what the heck does this do again? Uh, what is what does frighten do? Okay, right. Wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like that. I have to be frightened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is yeah, entirely necessary like, like, for me. We can't move, and this thing is standing next to us. And we're like, "Wait, how many hit points does it have?" And Adam and I looked at it, and we're like, "We're gonna die, man!" Well, that was that was the time that we didn't we didn't we we, we both played DPS, and we didn't track our initiative at all. Yeah, and, yep. yeah, yeah, and like it basically was able to like activate twice before we were able to go, and it just it just like obliterated. <laughs> There were there were brilliant reactions for, for the demo game, yeah. and I I remember personally, like one of the my favorite ones was one of the the players were very very I don't want to say clumsy because they didn't know the mechanics, but they didn't 
because there's a lot of things when you first approach the game there's it, it can be overwhelming and we're aware so for example one of the advice that we give our players especially for the demo games at cons and fairs it's focus on your character and don't try to learn what the others do just look at your character and uh, you know establish a conversation and this group they were so so like into it but in a in a narrative way that's in such a manner that the narrative kind of pushed the mechanic away a little bit mm -hmm. and i was looking at the narrative like sorry the, the initiative tracker and i was like oh no oh no okay okay fine and then lola activated and then she did that again and people looked at me like wait what and then, yeah, and then you put three of your four characters attached to the baby girls so you guys cannot move. Like, what yep. do you mean we cannot move? And we can't do <laughs> well. I mean, Darach can, but he's not going to help any of you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it, yeah. Was, it was like the, the look and the face is like, oh, yeah, that like, was good. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, Adam and I uh, dive deep into mechanics because that's like how we engage with games. And we looked at it, we like did the math and we're like, we're going to die. Like, I don't see any mathematical way we're not going to die. <laughs> yeah. And pe people were, were saying things like that, like, this is impossible. And we would yeah. always come up with the same. So like, but we believe in you. But you yeah. almost got it. Are you kidding me? Right. There's like 15 well, wounds on this creature. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing is that you don't expect that type of an encounter for some reason in a, in a board game, but like, that happens all the time in role play in video game role playing games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. happens all the damn time. Like, here's the boss, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, you're supposed to beat this boss," and then afterwards, you're like, "Oh, I wasn't." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ta -da! And it's uh, it's because we we've learned a lot from the from the demo experience because uh, we as a company we we pride themselves on being people that listen and have comments. Uh, you know, we, we have them in consideration and there's a very fluent communication we feel with our players and our communities, which is fantastic. And uh, it's beautiful to have this kind of um, moving and like two-way relationship. And uh, uh, a lot of things changed from the demo game to the scenario one. Make a lot of them if in mm. case people experience the demo on this and they're thinking they're going to be much more the same i invite people to to watch the the gameplay the full gameplay of the of the scenario one if they want and the covers valley youtube channel because the panels for example they're not the same the cards well, you don't have abilities you level one you don't have sure. abilities like just just be lucky that you we gave you a weapon right <laughs> here's a stick yeah <laughs> to, to be fair Depending, that could be entirely a possibility that depending, because something that is magnificent on the app is the who's playing their turn. That's mm. depending on the character. Yeah. Things happen. And I would love to do that with a, there's a stick. And if you are Naira, for example, you stick that stick into the right eye. <laughs> yeah. If you are Ormuk, you can throw and turn that stick into the most deadly weapon ever. If you're Ludivine, you pray to the stick or like use it to, pray I don't know, yep. draw something because you are, if you are Sokka, you just throw the stick because you're lovely and, and you don't understand. <laughs> and if you are Dara, you put it up on your ponytail. And that's go. it. And that's, that's, that's what we, uh, well, in video games, because I, I also have a video game working background and um, uh, that's what we call like branching narrative, not what the, this this idea of having not entirely a tree, 
for the project cannot be that ambitious. We would have loved sure. to expand that idea of branching narrative, but that is costly in both mm -hmm. time and uh, money and with time, it's efforts, including yeah. uh, in there. So we were, it, it reached a point where we were very like, conscious and aware of what we could do. So we thought, okay, let's just, let's do what we can do and let's do it in the best way possible. And of course, there's going to be things missing. There's always things missing. We could expand forever and ever and ever. But if we did that, <laughs> the game would not reach a house in like, you can expect the game to be delivered in 2030. You mean right. 30? Yeah. No, no, 30. I think 3-0. Yep. <laughs> so. yep. I think... I think we all hated the producers when we worked in video games, uh, but 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 they had a real function. Unfortunately. Yeah, they did. I, mean, I, like, I actually like validation. Yeah, I, I I like deadlines. I like being given a deadline because I I they manage quite well in in you know with timeframes and I'm, I'm, but I'm organized. Although sometimes it is true that you look at the times given and then you raise both your eyebrows and say. Ooh, okay. <laughs> sure, I can. Can you do it? I cannot, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> um, okay, so I had I had a question, and this comes back to like the 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 dungeon crawlers of of my childhood with like especially like advanced hero quest. Um, are there? It sounds like the game definitely follows like a large overarching narrative as you play through it. Um, is there the ability to just play a randomly generated dungeon or procedurally generated dungeon? Um, okay. So, um, no, not really. Not uh, okay. now. We've learned a lot from our experience in Defiance, and it is difficult to mm -hmm. to show uh, a, a random, like you know, randomly generated dungeon. It kind of is similar to the answer I gave you for the. Um, for the fan-generated content, sure. it would be very difficult to include that. Uh, same as the reason we didn't, we don't allow to play uh, the bad guys because I know that's something you were curious about. There's, the, the possibilities would be so much more complicated, and it's it's not something that we considered at first stage. Again, we'll see where the project takes us. Makes I mean, sense. I know that sounds boring and like a mantra, but it is true. You like oh, yeah. you oh, see yeah. really how your as until you see how your product performs and how the community receives it, you cannot really have like a solid well, yeah, and totally some, where you can take it definitely. Yeah, I mean, and uh, version one point isn't even out yet. <laughs> exactly. So it, although. Randomly generated scenarios are super fun to play and uh, to explore. In other circumstances, our attention is uh, bring. We focus our attention on bringing you a narrative uh, centered challenge. And uh, as I said, uh, we learned a lot from Defiance, <laughs> a lot. And so, no, not randomly generated scenarios. Although, although, it's not exactly it, but it could be similar. There would be scenarios that would be able to be played with as one shots. Not only the Thunderous Ghost okay. and the Giant Mornap, which belong into the game found on Kickstarter exclusive, but throughout the campaign, the narrative will allow you to unlock these uh, alternative scenarios, and you can play those as one shots if oh, you want like, a really quicker cool. experience and sure. you want, you know, 
we just gather a group of friends and you're not, you don't have time to invest in a narrative uh, challenge. You yeah. don't want to know what's happening in Hoffman Point, but you've seen the husk and you want to measure yourself with the husk. So there's three um, scenarios that uh, can be played as one shots. So. Well, that's really cool. Cause that's really, that's really the, the itch that scratches, right? Like yeah. I definitely yeah. remember like, back in our, our Warhammer quest, pull out the, we pull out our character and then be like, I, I didn't make up a story. Did you make up a story? No, like let's no. just do the random one. Yeah. And we'd all die. You unlock <laughs> them through the campaign so you can give them a That's context. Cool. But in all honesty, I think if you know more or less, or if you tell your friend like, hey, you don't need to be us invested in the narrative and like yeah. involved in order to be playing the alternative scenarios. Of course, there's going to be a little bit like a wee bit of narrative in them because they belong to that, to the dungeon crawler, yeah. but it will be like the main scenarios or like the expansion scenarios that are following a narrative arc or thread. So, but yeah, like you can play those as one shots. That is something people are also interested in and yes, you can. Perfect. No, that, not that random. Is... We prepare them for you, but just take sure. it as a we're not producing like mass produced burgers. We're like delicately yeah. presenting very the bones for you. Experience. You know, baking the bones and the patties and then putting <laughs> or not the pickles because I don't know how you take your burgers, but I like pickles. Absolutely and uh... pickles. every time. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we can put the pickles aside, and um, and also we have the 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 possibility of including the alternative enemies, which is always super fun because mm. in the app you will mark which products you have. Oh, allow me a little other digression here. Of course, you can cheat. Of course, you can cheat, and you can say, "Yeah, I have everything. I purchased everything." There's no, there's no way, not, not nobody from Corvus Valley is gonna show on your doorstep, being like, "Are you sure? Show me those products." Definitely not. But um, then, show me those. Yeah, show me the received. Yeah. <laughs> but the, um, the 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 the, the, the proof, yeah. yeah right. But uh, um, that also allows for re How do you? How would be the proper way of saying it in English? Rape. Playability, like mm -hmm. replayability, yeah. Replayability, okay. So it's the same in us in uh, in, yeah. in Spanish. So um, you have much more ways of approaching scenario when you have these alternative enemies, and also if you participate in the in the game found or the Kickstarter, you have up to four team characters. If you don't want to, but you purchase the core box and the expansion box, there's seven of them. And believe me, trust me, no one place in the same way that the other does you've experienced the demo just add more to them and it's not, they don't not repeat not a single one of them repeats in the tactics with ta we're tailoring our characters to a very exquisite standard because that's how we that's how we like doing things and we like something of the game i know we're going to talk about the game process later but this is like a hint for you when you create something that is so strongly narrative based you need to be coherent with your narrative and that also allows you to develop different mechanics for a character. And it's wonderful seeing how mechanic and narrative start to uh, entwine and create something. I mean, you look at the character and you say, it is coherent with the background. The mechanic is solid because they work and uh, nothing that they do comes out as like strange or odd. And when you think of it, it's like, yeah, this is something this character would do. Because what you told me was you explained the character for me. Because something that I truly hate is when people um, present characters in a very... When they don't pay attention to characters and tell you, for example, oh, this person is very timid. 
and they don't stop talking. <laughs> like, where's the ticket? Sure. <laughs> or, oh, this person cannot use the right hand, for example, missing a hand. And then yeah. you give them a two-hand yielding weapon. And like, how is or this they working? Start, yeah, they start juggling <laughs> in a bar. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if you have, like, we have Ona. Ona's missing two limbs. We gave her limbs, forest limbs. But that's like, you know, there is this thing like you created a character because supposedly that's important for your game. It would be entirely fair if it was not important and your character was, oh, how to say beauty and the beast, Stanley or Manly or something like that. I don't know. There's a point of beauty and the beast though. You can ask every na, 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 and uh, every Stan, Stanley. Stan, Dick and Harry or something. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that. It's yeah. like you, you can have just, you know, templates of characters, which is also fun to play and who they are is not important. So they can do everything. Game Tom, Dick, and Harry. That's the Tom, Dick. Yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. Well, <laughs> so, so this this came this came from one of our discords. Um, and so while we're talking about the characters and like fleshing out their backstories, how how much of that? Uh, I, I guess how how much were the characters designed to give you a flavor of say like the faction they're from? Does that make Ooh. sense? Many, many. I love this question when I saw it. It's like, yes, because, uh, I mean, I am a talkative person. What? Surprise. What? I am verbose. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I love, if there's one topic I could never, ever shut up, ever, is the dysfunctional family. There's our characters. And they do give you a very solid taste of what the background uh, at back at the nation's is. Of course, there's always this element of individuality because if heroes have something is that they're different from other people because heroes are the ones that actually step out of the comfort zone and embark on these journeys. Uh, thank you, Mr. Joseph Campbell for that. And um, <laughs> we wanted to create someone as individual and also as archetypical of something we wanted to present to you. With the core, I feel like with the core heroes, um, the main five of them is much more evident that they are representing their nations, whereas the um, both the Kickstarter exclusive, like the, the unlocked um, uh, miniatures and uh, and the expansion, is a little bit more subtle. But there's elements to it. For example, for example, we created the dwarves, and they have a special resistance to the stain, and it's not so easy for them to get tinge. Therefore. Traor, Biwa, and Soka have an ability, an innate ability that allows them to avoid an extra stain with a magical resistance roll. And normally their values are up, like they're higher than, than other characters. Also, mm. um, they do not block line of sight because they're short. Mm. It would be very ridiculous to have that. Actually, oh, that's super sweet. I love telling this story because we were playing <laughs> the demo uh once and there was a person playing with Darach and another person playing with Sokka and it was Darach's turn and Sokka was straight in front of him and at this point we were considering you know rules regarding line of sight and um you know these kind of uh bits and bobs of the gameplay but we hadn't decided yet on something and then the the person playing the elf they said hey Sokka crouch down like duck down I'm going to shoot yeah. and mm. I, supposedly I can't because you're in front. And then the person playing with Soka, it's like, they said like, do you want me to duck down? I literally 
literally I'm half your size. I'm yeah. not covering <laughs> anything. So, uh, so yeah, dwarfs do not block line of sight, which if we were to be super strict, the orc and the varank should cover like double line of right. sight sure. because Ormuk is a big boy. And uh, also Ismail, the human wizard, he should not block line of sight because he is petite. <laughs> Right. He becomes invisible once he's like on his side, like oh, he disappears, and because he's very very tiny. Uh, but no, I mean we cannot do that. And uh, but yeah, they do not block line of sight. All wizards have access to dark energy cubes, therefore they're exposed to uh, to the tinge and to the stain. And um, all objects from the from the characters are tied to the background and the personal character's narrative. For example, Sokas wearing the the emblem of her company. But that's not something unique to her as a character. It's something that all expeditionaries wear. Mm-hmm. Hers is just like the, the number 17 company, but they will have something similar. Um, same with Dara. He has he, his personal one, I think something from him would be the lucky acorn. That's his, because it's him. But he has a bow that was crafted by the CNN and any other ranger would wear something like would use not wear <laughs> can you imagine you're wearing a, uh, I mean, a you, bow you, you do wear it you put it on your back right so counts. <laughs> so that is uh that's something or ludivine has this uh, the uh, hair her sister's it, hair exactly is this a spoiler not the hair is well there's well it's not a spoiler because there's I know something about it. <laughs> that you get you know because there's progression and there's something that sure. you get through the campaign that is something that belongs not to her as her personally but like from feudum like the all the priestesses mm. of Selas also would wear so definitely and again the council's mechanics have they have been designed to you know, taking careful note of the background for them and for the nation because yeah there's individuality more certainly but also they need to be aware of some things that, that much more let's take the atroids for example Ludivine is a charismatic being because she's she's a creature of light and she shall be protected from everything harmful in this world. And we love Luci with all our heart and soul. And she has <laughs> she has a high charisma value. Whereas Dara, who individually is quite outgoing and chatty, but he's an elf and he's a CNN, so he's not used to people. And sometimes he can come out as like weird because of his manners. He doesn't have many. And uh, so <laughs> his charisma value is very low. And it's not because he doesn't know how to speak. It's because he doesn't understand how human interaction works because sure. this is the first time he steps out of his forest. So like he's not human. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> I always imagine uh, that, uh, well, apart from having a constant appetite, which is something I can't relate to very strongly. And uh, he's a foodie, he loves food. And, uh, (laughs) but, you know, it would be one of these um, people that when they talk, you can see the snow filters activated. And not because they're trying to be nasty. He's not a nasty person at all, but it's one of these things that you're like, that's so inappropriate. (laughs) <laughs> and, and they don't know. Like, how am I going? How am I supposed to know? This is the first time I. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it says you have the opposite, which is Naira, an I study elf. She's, I can tell you this. Have you watched uh, Devil West Prada? A long time ago. Yeah. You know, Meryl Strip's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that is basically the source. You wanted inspiration. She is the Fair inspiration. Enough. Fair this, enough. I'm not making this up. You can ask every other member of the development team. Oh, that's hilarious. She is just perfect. And she dislikes <laughs> everything and everyone. <laughs> I mean, I like it. Really came across in her character design, just the, like the little itty bitty thin glasses. You're like, oh, okay. I this love person. her. She's an academic. She wears glasses like me. I'm all yep. full and bored with Nida. Yeah, she's pretty rad. Um, I did have a lore That's question. Fine. So, um, you know, I, I in the in the lead up to this episode, I was reading some of the short stories, and there was the one about the the banshee. Um, and then, and then I guess that was, that was somewhere in Feudum, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, they were like, okay, anything that comes out of the fog, just, just quarantine it, blow it up, like whatever, get rid of it. Kill it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so you're in this, uh, but then you have this sort of, uh, expeditionary company thing where their job is to go into the fog and like mm -hmm. do stuff. So like, how does, like, what is, what is the. What is the process for that? Like, like presumably the feudum has members that go into these companies, right? Because they, they seem to be pretty mixed. Um, yeah. But like, so like, what happens to them? Like, let's say I'm, you know, a company. Yeah, why would you, you know, do for, that? Yeah, like, you know, like, doesn't that doesn't like, do you get to go home? Right. I mean, the expeditionary companies belong to Mount Haven. That's for the dwarves. Ah, I see. Okay, so there's, there's yeah. less of. Okay, all right, that makes more sense. But I would say that Feudum is one of the nations that has closest contact with uh, with the fog because the fog is located on Asail, which is the island continent, mm. and Feudum Feudum territory is there. So mm. they they know. For, uh, for example, Ludivine left in Villeneuve, and that's literally like there's there's like a wall of fog not so far from it that's the reason her sister is temporarily permanently in this post and right. um and and they are familiar with it they've learned not to venture into the fog but they also not so much scared of it they, they treat it like with with distant respect i would say mm. as in i'm aware of you here and sometimes like because there's not I don't want you to imagine the fog as being like the source, like the constant source of evil, weird looking bitchery coming out of it with like tentacles and tendrils and teeth. I wish. And like the most bloodborne like yeah, style. Right. Yeah. Not really, but these things happen occasionally. But as, as the beautiful film Jurassic Park taught us life finds, finds a, way. a way and yeah. people in feudum they live so sure. they're, they're used to it what happens is that and the moment that we locate because um i think i could say that okay if i can't say this uh, my apologies i think i can if not i am taking the full blame and the whole weight of the gods and um the dungeon crawler events take place shortly at, uh, before the war game starts so okay. when you play the dungeon crawler, there I noticeably there's more activity in the fog, and that would increase uh, over time until we reach the point of uh, the war game. Mm -hmm. So it's there. I don't know how to explain it. The it, it's yeah. it's trapped inside the mountains as well. The dwarves they live. The hanging cities of the dwarves are on top of these seas or oceans of fog. And again, That's they really cool. I know. Have you have you seen the like the um, the speed painting for the dwarf city? Yes, yes, I have. Uh, see if I can pull it up. Oh boy, oh boy, I love that one. It's so beautiful. It is so so amazing. So you see, there's that. 
but let's say that dwarves have a much more scientific driven interest. They would go, they venture into the fog being like, okay, see. let's see what we can find there. And um, right, Mount Haven is, uh, it's so like wicked looking. <laughs> there we go. Oh, it's like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. That's so cool. So you see there's a fog and people just go about their lives on top and there's works being done like in the, in the mines. Is that the word? So, yeah, so is, that, is, is the Hanging City is uh, a result of the fog? Because, you know, talking about all the, the, the spooky magic stuff, it's related to that shard, right? So it's kind of like, a, you think of it like a comet, I guess, right? Yeah. And it's sort of orbiting. And the time mm -hmm. scale, this, this is my question because I'm a nerd. But it was like, <laughs> so the time scale is millennia because, yeah. you know, like that's, that, what, a, what, a, what an elegant way to to introduce the idea of a past age, right? Like it's the, yeah. it's this like, you know, um, uh, I am forgetting the word now, but you know, it's like a baleful star, right? Coming through yeah. every so often. And so I guess it's approaching now, right? It must be coming. It is, it's yeah. coming to, since you're a nerd, I also am a super big nerd in astronomy and uh, they, it's coming to the, you know, the, there's this moment in astronomy that is called the periastron and the periastron indicates the closest an orbitating body is yep. of the thing mm -hmm. that orbitated around. Yeah. And uh, we're not in that moment yet, it's like at the very peak of it, but uh -huh. it's coming closer. It is coming closer and it's coming fast. And yes, there was uh, a past, there is a past age and I think we have on, on our website, there's a variety of articles written about both game mechanics and much more like practical based content. But also we have a lot of uh, background and stories there. And I think there's one about the elves and what happened before, not like in super detail, but, you know, tell to give you a little bit of a background. And, um, and yes, they, they were there and something <laughs> something something happened. happened. Don't worry about it. Something happened, and they are not there anymore. <laughs> and um, it's totally and, fine. Not a big exactly. Deal. <laughs> They're taking a permanent vacation, and um, and then Mount Haven, for example, knows of this because they are the chroniclers of this world. They take note of everything, and they have a prodigious memory. They they do remember if. 356 years ago, your grand, grand, great, 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 great aunt did something awful to my great, 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 great aunt. I still hold the grudge. We're wow. still fighting over this. That's probably dwarf. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you know, I, I love the, the, the song, uh, Diggy Diggy Hole, but it's not that, it, it is that kind of dwarf, but only the surface. Mm. Pun not intended, absolutely. And uh, um, but these dwarves, they are, I think the best way of describing them would be thorough. They okay. are thorough. They and they have a plan. They're following. They love following instructions. Biwa, one of our characters, is like, oh my god, he would be delighted. You know, when you are trying to assemble an IKEA furniture and there's a booklet, like plus 20 pages long. Biwa Stolberg would love that. <laughs> Biwa Stolberg would flip over the pages yep. of Infinity's rule book for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, he's, he's, he's the kind of person that would take all of the dowels for Ikea furniture and like count them out, lay them in a line kind of thing. Oh, definitely. Gotcha. You gotcha. got him figured <laughs> out. That is yep. the one. That's how a wizard. That's him. Yeah. Like hundred percent. This this one is about a millimeter longer than the other twelve. So is this okay? Is this different? In some way? I should read the manual again to make sure. Oh my god! Yes, that's how we want to fix. That's him. That's him. <laughs> Which is in contrast with uh, the members of our dysfunctional family. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not uh, based on anybody in actuality in the oh, office. No, definitely not. Yeah, uh, not. Speaking speaking of uh, dysfunctional family, I, I recall you you know mentioning offhand about Dorak, right? Uh, in one oh, of yeah. the, one of the whispers of Lindworm videos, um, I think specifically about him, you 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 made an offhand comment about saying that he was very difficult to design and, and it was a, a difficult process. So I th- I think you know now that I have more context, I think that was two statements. One is that like he's a difficult person because he just lacks some social grace. Um, but the other, you know, but, you know, Azizam, he's he's again being troublesome and like being yeah n- naughty in a fun way. Like he he would never mean any bad. Like sure. he's not ill intentioned whatsoever. But I mean that it took a while for us to figure out what we wanted for him without following in the archetypes that sure. we all know. Because still, you want to give your players something that's recognizable and they can identify with. Because we are aware that elves have a lot of detractors, I know, but also a lot of fans. Look at him. He's so cute. I love him. And uh, um, But we wanted that to give prime, you... prime he's, of, he's good. Uh, cool. And he has Bitiligo. Um, and I love that. Because <laughs> Bitiligo runs in my family as well. So it's it's... It's very, very oh. fun. Like my, my father has a very strong uh, vitiligo in his hands. Mm-hmm. And when I showed him that, I was like, ha ha, turns out I'm an elf. Like, yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> and Darach um, was um, the clear example of working with recognizable stereotypes and archetypes and also wanting to incorporate the Covers Valley element. And um, you need to give your players something they can relate to, as I was saying, because it's proven that games that fall too much into the um, originality side of things, they do not perform so well because, yes, originality is fantastic, but I think for us it's much more, up to this point, it's very difficult coming up with something new. So there's nothing wrong with telling a story that's heard before with your own tools, with your own voice, and that's what we wanted to do with Garach. And... um, and also because again, we we knew among our people in Cobosville, there's a lot of fans of the forest elves. And we knew what we wanted. So we took the 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 archetype of the elf dwelling in the forest, but we gave them a twist. And that twist is that they're much more feral, much more nature connected, but not in a philosophical way. Like you can think about the elves at Lothlorien, for example. <laughs> in literal way i mean if you see ona ona's like literally connected with um with the trees and i love how that i turned out and in their way i love discussions about we didn't want him to be <laughs> the um how, how do you say this in english the swiss pocket knife oh yeah the yeah. uh yep the the yeah it, it like he couldn't swiss, just swiss do army everything. knife is usually what it's called 
army knife. Okay. Yes. So uh, we we didn't want him to do absolutely everything. And then Lucy came by and said, and she's like, okay, don't worry. I am the Swiss army knife. She <laughs> she's is just, really strong. She, yeah. She's never done something wrong. She will never do. And she's precious and she works so fine. Lucy <laughs> was, she was, the, this was a very interesting moment in development because it seemed like she knew what was expected of her. I know this could come up as crazy. I mean, I am taking it. I'm super emotional person. I am very much like lively and I have a personal connection with, with all the characters, but it felt like she knew that she was expected to perform in a particular manner. And with her, mm -hmm. the development was so smooth, which connected well, sure. so well. Sorry, what? I mean, some, when, when you're, when you're designing, you know, when you're designing a game, right? Sometimes elements just fall together. Yeah. It, it, like naturally it's like, Oh, this, this does exactly like it. it it's kind of, a, a, a when you, when you hit the sweet spot between um, the actual like mechanics of a game and then like the ability to express the desired outcome through those mechanics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's, it's hard and you have to force it. And sometimes it just flows. She so, did. Yeah. There's, there's, was, there's it, a moment when you know, right. Yeah. You're like, Oh, this is correct. Yeah. yeah, and it feels it feels right, and with her, it was she. She just makes everything easier. We love you so much, Lucci. Thank you for being. She is the glue of this family. This is she is the only reason that these people have not killed each other. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> She's such a kind soul. Oh my god, I would love to see, see something that we also considered having. Where, um, I think that this word is French, but I think it works as well, like novelettes. You know, like a tinier than a novel, mm -hmm. like short stories about the universe itself. And although it's something that we're not tackling in the near future, we would love to because our universe is much more alive. Hawthorn Point become has become alive in a way that it functions as itself. Like it just works. I don't know. It's just the the the. As a fan of the NPCs, we we dedicated a lot of uh, thought and and care for it to be a credible city and not just um, a puzzle or just an amalgamation of things that we needed. Yeah, it to is. Have. It, is because... it is not the place where the blacksmith is, right? <laughs> like, like you don't just go there and be like, "Fix my sword." <laughs> exactly, and and something beautiful of Hawthorne Point is that. Mm, four, four, yeah, four of the main nations of Lakewood have presence there. There's Mount Haven, the Hegemony of Ambazic, Theodom, and the Merchant Alliance. Thus, you find people aligned with those factions. But then you have the people that's from there, like at the Bray Parsley, there's Bran, and um, there's the tattoo artist, and then the alchemist, we don't, or Idril, are the the port storehouses they do not align with anything particularly so it's um i think we created a very credible city and um we we love our hotham point i i look forward to also having these synthetic memories of this world yeah yeah <laughs> you will get there yeah yeah um i guess i don't know if you can share this but uh, I was immediately drawn to, I guess, the Scions uh, because of, how was it, the marked model with like the big 
the big pole arm <laughs> with the with the cowbells in the hair. And like I don't know the what it was. Believe, the disbelieving Adams by like Well, we all know that the red caps are the true heroes of the story. No, no, so. no, no, no. It's all about it's like <laughs> I have a fever and the the only cure is more cowbell. I mean, obviously. That's true. That's true. Right? More cowbells. Yes. There's how many cowbells? The answer is just yes. Yes, exactly. So I guess I guess if you I don't know if you can comment because like in the videos you you sort of gently tease uh, before like the the CG fog rolls in right with the cowbell. Is that something you could talk about, or is you know? Sure, I think um, maybe the 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 answer is a little bit disappointing, but we wanted a noise and we wanted an element that was recognizable. Of course, the science have their symbol and all the models of the science. Almost all the models of the science uh, wear this because, of course, the Kipli or the Fidalu or the um, Audaru, they don't because <laughs> they're sure. just beasts. But even the husks do. And yeah, they, they do have that symbol which they created. But um, and um, then there's a cowbells. We wanted something simple and something very earth connected i don't know how to express this in english it's difficult for me wait i am um, like something that is not grandiose whatsoever not something an element that is not incredibly complicated to get something as simple as a cowbell or something made of metal that you could hear from the coming from the depths of the fog and it's a sound that in a rural town that could be uh, the outskirts of Udom of the the borders of Mount Haven or like even in the in the near like the the near nearby of Hawthorne Point it shouldn't provoke or awake any feelings specifically it's a cow it's a sheep like we know these we yeah. have them but then you start you take something that's okay I like spooky stuff I cannot watch a horror film but I am all in for the unsettling <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because me too. contradictions and uh, I love both. Yeah, I, I, I can't watch horror, horror films because people make these irrational decisions, and you're just like, no, that's don't do that. <laughs> that's how yeah, you half, die. Half the fun is, is yelling at the screen. Oh, it it stresses me out, right? Because like, I don't know. I I, I was like, I, I have enough stress. I, I don't. Know. And there's there's always this thing that you shout when they go into a room or to the basement or to the um to the attic. And I said, could you just grab something to defend yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that is something super Spanish? If I was like, just coge un palo, let's grab a stick mm -hmm. or something. And it's like, well, no, they, they always I like... I have an idea. Let's all split up. You go that way, you go that way. You take the dark alley, I'll go to the basement. Yep, yep. Like... <laughs> we'll all leave our phones here, right, on the charger. Yeah. That way the phones don't get lost. We, yeah. we will venture for the weekend into this remote location. No phones, no signal, nothing. Like... Yep. Yeah, the murder woods. Nothing bad has ever happened there. Exactly. So um, I really enjoy looking and reading about things that inspire through fear. and. Taking things out of context does inspire a lot of fear. And the best example that I can come up with at this foot is the sound of music boxes mm. or children's uh, lullabies, mm. which can be the most lovely thing to listen to. And it this invites, they, they, they awake feelings of peace and feeling safe. But, <laughs> but when you are playing 
something is this is not a horror game but it serves the purpose when you're playing bioshock and you are in the depths of the ocean in rapture and you hear yep. a carousel music coming from the dark corridor in the end like <laughs> <laughs> no no right why is it always children's you know children's songs I know, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. And so that's the reason the cowbell is simple. It's um, rustical. Yeah, is that it's word? rustic. Rustic, yeah. Yeah, rustic. Yeah. Oh, no. So it's rustic. Is is um, Yeah, it's just not this grandiose element. No, it's something that you literally throw in the junk because it can be rusty and abandoned. And then you give them a second life and a second purpose and you announce yourself with a cowbell. I think well, it's terrifying enough because there's... The fact that English is words, not throwing hate on English, but the word <laughs> cowbell is terrible. Sure. It's terrible. It's, it's very boring. It's, it's like very it's a boring bell on a and it invites, it invites to comedy. But the word in Spanish is cencerro. And cencerro is not something that animals, the animals want it, but it can be also placed on doors. To, to just ring the bell sure. on the door. And, um, but yeah, we no. didn't put bells. We went for cowbell because we wanted to, these are the, the, these kind of bells. But um, I think this is the reason we chose it because it is unnerving. It is strange. It is uncommon. It's like, why on earth a cowbell? Exactly. Well, okay, so I could, but the thing is like, for me, the cowbell actually makes sense because I can visualize the scene in the spooky movie where the farmer is standing at the edge of the fog, right? He yep. just hears the cowbell and it's like, like, oh no, here comes is that the... you? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Bessie, is that you? <laughs> because <laughs> every that... farmer that prides themselves to be, they have a cow named Bessie. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And you, you just hear the shuffling of the bell and, you know, the next thing you see is the scythe like in the air and that's, yep. you know, it kind of yeah. fades to black. If I am completely honest, I think the progenitors couldn't care less about the cowbells because if you look at the troops, actually the ones with the cowbells are the lowest ranks, the marks, oh, the sure. intact, the husk. Then you have the puppeteers. The puppeteers are much more elegant and they eh, they have their masks. They know what they come for. But it's it's just a way of this inflicting terror in the hoods of many and this concept also of a pack. Um, yeah, of, um, even better, a pack. a pack of husks grabs the farmer and pulls him into the fog. Was the, but this is not the, the herd. It is herd. Look at the harvester. I'm in love with that one. It's really cool. I'm, I'm excited. Also, like, whoever did the art direction for all the, the goop going up, the goop. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, oh, it's I don't so think cool. he has a name. We call it, yeah, like, um, Goop is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's just, it's just so, uh, like, just, just like uh, the cowbell, right? Like, you know how the world works. Gravity doesn't work like that. Right. And, and just putting something in like that where, where it, it, it does not obey the laws of physics that you're used to immediately unsettles you. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then it's the same as, as having teeth where they're not supposed to, or things in yep. like where their yep. eyes should yep. be. Yep. That is so unsettling and I love it. <laughs> yep. Uh, we have a question. My quote the, on, on everything is more teeth, just always more teeth. More, teeth. Just more teeth and more eyes in random places. Uh, we do have a question from chat about the design of the Varank. Uh, they're aligned with the orcs of the Northern tribes, but they're different. Varank. Yep. Um, can you tell us any more about the design influences for them? 
Oh God. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to try, but, uh, well, let's give a little bit of a background. When I, when I joined the Corvus Belli team, the, the work on the world building was very, very advanced. I mean, I always like to put it that I came to work in a world that was breathing and alive. So I might not have like the most accurate answer, but what I know is the Varank is the race Corvus Belli contributed with to this fantasy universe. It's original from us. And um, we wanted to, oh, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> we wanted to have something that was unique and we created the Varank. They are also a race from the North. And the, character, the most characteristic thing is uh, the blue skin and the tattoos. Also the ears are pointy, but not in a way the elves have these elongated uh, mm. ears. These ones look just like a normal, regular ear, like a boring, plain human ear, but they're slightly pointy. Mm -hmm. And um, they they are forming currently an alliance with the orcs. I'm not going to say much to their regret, but let's say that they, they have this tacit, you know, establishment. Like, yeah, we help each other. But, uh, you know, you go to your house, I go to mine. And as we say in Spanish, you to your house, me to my house, and God to everyone else's house. <laughs> so, like, they they don't the the um, oh, how is it how uh, James Bond asked for his martini? Shaken, not stirred. Exactly. So they they are shaken, but they not stirred. They're not mixed. <laughs> sure, like with every other community happens. Possibly there's an orc and a varang that are like best buddies and they go fishing together and they have the children grow up together definitely but the general relationship is that they they have formed an alliance due to the circumstances because of a major cause and uh, the varang have uh, what else can they do over the varang oh they have we have an article on them too they have what could be like the closest element of a polytheistic pantheon they do believe in multiple deities and uh, the tattoos are very connected to nature uh, as well. And they're very familiar. And they have these ties, that literal ties. For example, uh, Iliavik, who was our young Varank, and Cole, who's her puppy. And yes, that's a puppy. She's wearing, there you can see it, attached to her hip, there's uh, this bow, so to say, this, this, how would you call it? It's not a bow exactly. Oh, like a musical bow, sort of. That looks like a musical bow to me. Oh no, no, no! I'm not talking about the Atlant. Oh, the no, no! I'm not talking about the no, the Atlant. No, I'm talking about the the fabric, the little pieces of fabric she has attached to her hip. Oh, oh, uh, like the the knotted fabric here. This. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't know. I, I guess we would call that like a like a sash or a scarf or something. I don't know. What do you Hot, think? Yeah, we'll go with. So yeah. it's not the scarf itself, but the way it's knotted and tied, sure. okay. it determines something. This one is a bond between siblings and oh. she wears one and Cole also wears one because they, she considers uh, her, her hippopy as a brother. Uh, I love the background of Iliabik and she is our little precious girl because that, that's, that's a, she's only 20 and uh, Cole is um, also a puppy, and that needs to grow a lot. 
is already big. And uh, and that's the, the Varang. We also have Angsar, who is the tattoo artist at Hotham Point. And yes, you can go there to get yourself a brilliant uh, tattoo. What do the tattoos do, Hupu? Ah, if only there was someone here that could tell us. And um, <laughs> you can get a tattoo and you can talk to him and to, you know, to discover a little bit more of the Varang. And he's a star. He's a star. He's just, he's just precious as well. Like the, the calmest person, he's the, the most tranquil person in the entirety of the world. That's Angzar. Like not altered by anything nor anyone. It's like. So I I saw this. I forget where I saw this, but it was still talking about the Varang and their tattoos and how um, some of them are related to like their spirit totem or totem animal or something yes and something about transforming and there was a question about where animals in from our discords can you comment on that or is that secrets nope i can't but oh, i can wink at you there you go there you go all right well, you, uh... I'll, I'll take that nate, nate will kill <laughs> us can you tell us more if we don't ask can you tell us any more about the orcs sure <laughs> should <laughs> we have werewolves a little... let's get the orcs we have our, you know, it ain't easy being green. And uh, <laughs> we have our orcs, and uh, they also live in the north, and they are hunters. But our orcs, I don't want you to think about them, because commonly the orcs, are, they have been seen on the other side of the spectrum. Lately, they are incorporated into their heroes uh, a little bit more. But, you know, classically, the green tides and everything, but normally, you know, yeah. they're, not, they're not the good guys. Why? I don't know, because I personally love the Orcs very much. And um, I also, I, I used to play with them so much in Warcraft 2 and 3. Sure. Thrall is, is <laughs> everything in this world, so... <laughs> Coming back to the orcs, our orcs are very intelligent, like very intelligent. They don't come out as beasts. Of course, they can be ferocious because they need to survive in a very hostile environment. It's cold, it's difficult, and you need to eat. And there's these large mega beasts dwelling in the north, and you need to take them down, and not only on land, but also in the water. So they, they are ferocious hunters, but they are very, very family inclined. They form strong bonds with their communities and clans. And um, can I say this? All right, I'm gonna oh, just tiptoe around the idea. The color of the hair, it's important. It's right. And it okay. marks different things. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I am feeling the sword of Damocles just hanging on top <laughs> of, my, of my head, being like, okay, okay, I'm going to go back to it. Uh, but yeah, um, the orcs, uh, they're, very, they're very strategical and they like the strategy. Uh, of course, again, they can be ferocious, but they're you know, just brainless beasts that throw themselves into the, you know, the, the heat of the, of the fight. In fact, Ormuk, our um, um, our orc, he has a pretty difficult life because he's hasty, and oh, because he, he, yeah, he he uh, he ends up in all sorts of problems because he doesn't stop and think. And this is something his elders already warned him with: like, please just take five, analyze the situation, and for God's sake. <laughs> Just think for a moment. And then Ormuk is just so enthusiastic and has this 
energy within him that that leads him that's the reason he ends up in in Hawthorne Point because if you want to read the the bios of his characters they're up on the website as well you can yeah. just go and and explore them and um and yeah well poor Ormug goes through hell and high water to reach to Hawthorne Point and once he's in Hawthorne Point actually Angsar and the the hair, the sleeping hair, as he's called, uh, helps him a lot because, you know, they're northern kin and they have each other. But um, he, Ormug, ends up working in the worst jobs. Uh, he works as a stiff loader in yep. Hotham Point, loading the boats of uh, of Feudum and Mount Haven with um, caskets covered in chains. Because yeah, I guess apparently something's going on in Hawthorne Point and dead people don't do not stay dead. <laughs> so I guess I is is that specifically uh, a Hawthorne Point thing? Because it's enough, it's enough of a phenomenon that is happening for them to have given it a name, and there's a process, and there's a there's actual you know like logistics and trade and supply chains associated with this now, right? So it's yeah. a pretty large scale. It um, is specific to Hotham Point at okay. this point, but okay. yeah, it's created this whole dynamic and also this whole tension about it because there's different policies on what should be done with the corpses. Mm. There's people that are very, you know, because of their beliefs, whether the two moons or whether the ancestors, the dwarves at Mount Haven and the feudum people, they do not like being, you know, get rid of the they're mm -hmm. dead because apparently if you take them out of Hawthorne Point, the problem ends. Apparently. And uh, then there's the practical hegemony of embassy, which is like, okay, pass me the match. Right, yeah. We're going to end this now. Crematorium right here. I don't see the problem. You exactly. Guys this. And that has generated a lot of Interesting. tension, so to speak. And if you want to know a little bit more, I suggest you play the free narrative that campaign that comes with the core box, which is Chains of Dread, mm. that explains a little bit more about, you know, shows how the th the situation in Hawthorne Point really is because something happens and, um, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the lore definitely is very rich, uh, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. It is, and it's, it is, works you know when you want yep. to come up with new stories there's always threats you can pull and you go back to the people that's worked in the world building so extensively and you have this meeting and saying okay i need this how can we make this happen and there's always a way that is coherent it's not just oh i wizard did it right no it's 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 really good having this much um, this much story up front, because like you said, it gives you, um, you know, in the design, in, in the graphic design world, right? We talk about like um, style guidelines, right? Yeah. But it gives you a lot of material to work from um, when you're continuing to expand and build the game and do it in a way that makes it feel correct and cohesive with the universe instead of like just like randomly patching in events until you have decided some weird way to link them all together. Like you can, yeah. you're doing it more properly it feels like oh, yeah. know, it feels it feels like a like a game based on an existing in a way like a game based on an existing ip um instead of building the you know building the plane as you fly it right is the uh is that euphemism um but 
instead of just making up the story as you go. Yeah, I mean, there is... Is, is that a dog? Yeah, this is... Can I see the dog, please? <laughs> sure. Let's see. If I, I can... am very sorry. I'm such a dog person. <gasps> oh my this god! This is Rachel. <laughs> oh, she's a good girl. She's so precious. Hello, Rachel. Say hi. Hi. Hola. Hi, Kiko, baby. <laughs> oh my god! Bye, Rachel. Come back. Don't ever go. Um, sorry. I I was saying that the actually the the setting for Lindworm started as a real universe that one of the co-founders of the company do you know al alberto i don't think i've heard that name before no yeah so he's he's one of the like co-founders of Corvus Valley, yeah. and it was the setting that he used to play his campaigns for dungeons and dragons is that another dog is that a cat is that another animal coming <gasps> Acorri me muero. <laughs> qué cosa más bonita y gordita, por favor. Ay, qué cosa. Ay, qué cosa. Oh, oh. oh qué bonito es. How, what's, what's their name? This is Winnie. <laughs> Hello, Winnie. Hola, bombón. Ay, qué oreja. Oh, my God. I love animals so much. I think she heard Rachel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And suddenly she's, she's like, What's, is there a dog in here? What's going on? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting so, I'm really sorry. If you ever <laughs> no, want to distract me, just pull out a picture of a dog. I, I <laughs> see, that's the Now you understand how like strong opinionated I was <laughs> from having someone with a pet. <laughs> yep. All right, well, speaking um, speaking of animals, though. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I would say that the setting was yeah. Lindworm existed as the place uh, one of the co-founders of Corvus Belly played yeah. in. And uh, it, it's not exactly, of course, if you ask him, probably he will tell you it's nothing to do with it now. But the idea came from that. There was already, like, in, you know, Whiteling was his character. That act was his. Mm -hmm. And he was playing with him. They have little to do with the original one. I think there's something that's, you know, the, the, the core nature of that act stayed. But I feel because there's such a, like an important work and time and effort put into this, it feels solid and it feels alive. That's the feeling I got when I reached um, this point where I had to learn about the game and start working on it. And I thought, oh my God, like this, this is a working IP. I can see this perfectly. It's very much alive. It is a world that's alive. So, yeah, that was very exciting. I, I Sorry, you you're gonna ask a question about animals, and no, 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 I, I shall I, not stop you. I, I just I just wanted to make a, a point about. So we talked about Ormuk a little bit ago, and how he's uh, maybe a little bit impetuous, right? Uh, and that's a good word. That that's a very like elegant way to put it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think it really shows the. So this also goes all the way back. To, the through line here is is talking about like how do these characters represent their uh, their home faction and their home culture. And he actually does it by doing the opposite, right? Cause you think about it, you're in this world of ice and snow and uh, it's, there's a bunch of like mega beasts running around that are going to like wreck you. Cause you're just like one person. Right. Um, and so you have to make careful of this, like just from a caloric standpoint, right? Yeah. Like you need to eat moving around the snow burns a lot of energy because you have to both do the movement and then you also have to keep yourself warm so your body's burning extra calories just to do that so everything you do has to be carefully considered because otherwise you might not make it back to the to your home fire literally um and so for him to be impetuous is really interesting and i think that's a 
a, a, a good example of the amount of world building that's gone in and the, just the small decisions like that one statement. It's like he's like, for an orc, he's a little bit more, you know, like 40k orky than the rest of them, maybe. And that, they, has, yeah, he's also yeah. younger than, sure. than normally for them to reach, although orcs do not leave that much. Mm. Because of circumstances, <laughs> sure, okay. And they 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 battle oriented uh, fellas, and they, but they are organized. They're very well organized. Once you guys are able to meet them and to get to know them a little bit better, you will realize what I mean. This it's just not just a bunch of people with um, spears and rocks. Sure. No, no, they they do have a very strong and solid base for the society and the culture. And that's very respectable. In fact, I can't say that. Okay, so Ormug, Ormug is, is an outcast for. I mean, he's he's just away. He's very very far. If you see the the map of, of Lindbloom, he's very far from home, super far. And I don't think he's considered ever going back because it will be so difficult. So yeah, it's, there's an awesome point. And but also, um, the good thing that Ormug has is that. He's very enthusiastic. He is impetuous, but he's very enthusiastic about things. And this, his will be the type of, of uh, attitude. Whereas you, when you considering, you know, to, a plan like, okay, what do we do? How do we approach? Do we approach this? He's already at the door, <laughs> walking at the door, and like, gotcha. I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, like we, we could we could be done with this by the time you're finished talking. I mean, come on, let's exactly. Go. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Like, oh, we need to seize this guy. This one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah gotcha he's 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 kind of like the grog of the yeah oh he is yeah he yeah. is like like grog from books machina although yeah. he he speaks a little bit better like than grog. yes he's he speaks sure. a little bit a wee bit more elaborated yeah um, he's a good one he he is um there's no i'm I'm not saying that they're good as it like oh they wouldn't hurt a soul or wood he has indeed already <laughs> yep yep but he's he's like he's chill in a way, until he, you know, until he's not, because his his own mechanic is rage. Because of his circumstances, he has mm -hmm. accumulated a lot of repressed fury because he was working as a slave for the hegemony of Amberzig, and he was under, you know, the, the people from the hegemony of Amberzig ignore the orcs, and they gave them some, like, concussions and uh, and, and, and drugs to keep them, like, tamed but he he is is this thing that he would be like stunned in a permanent sort of slumber not slumber because he's not sleeping but it's like oh sure i, I kind of yeah like he was not himself but he knew he was aware all the time so that's mm. repressing all those feelings and also because he's not stupid he could not just rebel against the situation and be like ah i'm gonna kill you all and i'm gonna right. escape no i mean you will be dead the second yep, you yep, try to yep. walk out the door because Um, but that led him to have these repressed feelings and this kind of difficulty, rage management, rage control. So mm -hmm. that's the reason he uses rage. It's not because he is crazy. It's because he, he suffered so much. He doesn't know how to control himself when he's not feeling exactly well. And that's how, again, mechanics and narrative come together. It's always really fun to see that. So I guess I, I was watching the 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 whispers of Lindbergh video about that. Is that 
he replaces energy cubes with rage or is it an addition additional thing that he can use? Oh, it's an additional one. He uses I see, I see. you you see do you remember the aura tokens, the hunter's <laughs> yep. mark? Yep. The the one for all all the characters in the in the Dungeon Crawler have one, have their own mechanic. Yep. And Ormux is rage. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Same as Ludivine, you will place those on yourself and you can right. exchange them for things things so speaking of the that i mean looking at specifically the stain right so uh i really liked playing narnia uh because uh it was really cool to have to manage the extra dark energy cube um but also like there was no reason to not just stack stain like to the sky oh, yeah, exactly right? like, that's what you that's what we want you to think yeah we will see like, each other in hawthorne point with that t with a stain yeah. becomes tint. And when that happens, let me tell you, tint doesn't go away. You can get rid of consequence cards, but you cannot read the tint cards. I see. The thing is, this is the only way you can lose a character because they can fall oh. into the other side and they can just <laughs> disappear into the void. I mean, I don't know if you're losing them. Other than they're, they're more ascending, I guess. I mean, if you ask me, <laughs> they are. We're improving your characters. Yeah, and in fact, it will be very tempting because the tinge unlocks very interesting abilities and powers. Mm -hmm. However, it pushes you more like closer to the edge. And their characters, for example, is Ona, who walks in this range of, you know, this this gray area. Whereas, yeah, yeah, she's very much an edge. Like she's she's fantastic, and um, and she works. Clockwork. She's super fun to play with <laughs> because she's different. Like every like every character normally avoids the stain where she's like, oh yeah, make it, make it, make it, make it, make it, make it. <laughs> but yeah, you could you could lose a character if you cannot clean the stain, and that mm -hmm. also comes with um, the personality of each of us of, of the members of of this family because Naida, she is almost 400 years old. Mm -hmm. She knows the risks of using magic and she comes with elements that allow her to cleanse her skin. Mm -hmm. Although the, 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 the little spots uh, on her hands, they're permanent, but she knows that she, she is a, a master of magic. She knows the risks and she's very careful of that. Therefore her objects allow her to have an extra cleansing element. Whereas you have Ona who doesn't can barely cleanse at all or Ismail who's just a young wizard that just developed i mean if you ask him he'll be like i don't know where these powers come from but suddenly i can do stuff and there's these things that come in at my hands and i'm scared and i don't know how to use them he's he's much more um he's much more i don't i cannot mm, the word clumsy yeah he's, he's much more clumsy with the way he cleanses himself because this is the first time he's using anything like that um and uh it's it's really interesting seeing that and then and then along came nergon caladrin naira's twin that one that one's not walking on edge he is the edge <laughs> I see. He's the definition of the edge. I wish exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um. And yeah. The the tinge. The the demo did not show. But uh, basically, what happens is that you accumulate a number of stain tokens, and mm -hmm. then you go to at the end of the scenario, and also because there's some effects that apply to the end of the scenario, 
uh, for example, Naira's brooch, that she's, I don't know where she wears it, but that, that, that the effect applies right. at the end of the scenario. And then you can go to Hawthorne Point to cleanse yourself and be like, you know, take a good magical shower. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you do not clean all of it, it solidifies and it becomes a number that accumulates and goes with you for the next mm-hmm. scenario. And if you reach a certain number of, of uh, stain tokens, that becomes a tinge card. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Are those another number to of those too? And you're I, out. Because I, I know pretty you, you, you mentioned a lot that it was uh, everything uh, that your character has, like what weapons they have, what armor they have, all that kind of stuff is tied specifically to the character. Are the tinge cards also tied to? to no. Okay. No, not really. Although I admit that some of the tinge cards can be much more hurtful or useful for certain characters. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of one or two of them and I can, I cannot tell you, but I, sure. yeah, it's a solid. Yeah, yeah. There's, and there's also, synergies and anti-synergies depending on. Exactly. And also there's these, um, because we've talked about uh, magic, but in this world, not only wizards use magic. If you were exposed to anything supernatural yourself, you can get stained as well. And the objects you use, the scenario you interact with, those will give you stain. Mm-hmm. And some of them will require that you take the stain token in order to either use them straight like so here like if you don't get if you don't uh, admit stain on your character you cannot activate the the ability and mm. sometimes it will be like an additional sacrifice to make and what's super cool or at least i think it is is that some characters don't know what to do with it because they're not prepared mm. So they need to turn to traditional methods as going to Hawthorn Point using consumable cards, whereas others like wizards are like, oh, this, right? It's it's not where, yeah, for example, um, there were like objects will give you that because they're magical, and so it's not this. Oh no, only wizards that can just take finger out, uh, finger out of the fires, and it is Lexix in the room. I salute you. Fire out of the fingertips. <laughs> that not, not only those, but also people that use or drink something or they're in contact with. I do want to recommend you to speak to the pips in Hawthorne Point because um, stuff. Yep. <laughs> so that this it's just there. It it's present because again the shard is coming. And oh, do you not want to know a curiosity? It was the Varank who named the shot in the sky, the war crow. Oh. Because every time it approaches, something bloody happens. I see. <laughs> so the, the name, it was the, the war crow was from, from the Varank. Possibly see. every single nation in Limwood calls it some other way. There's a good chance that people don't acknowledge that that's a comet and they think it's just, some of them don't care. Some of them do care, like a lot. There's the, the biggest observatory of lingworm is in the city that Ismail comes from. And then the hegemony of Amber Ziggles, who has like a very scientific interest in astronomy. Um, so, so I haven't heard of Ismail before. Is he a playable character? Yes. He is one of the Kickstarter exclusive characters. And uh-huh. he is, um, yeah. Okay. And he's the youngest of the family. He, he's, I can say this, I've been... I've been authorized <laughs> to say this <laughs> uh, because, you know, I was very, uh, very cautious because I love everything. That's true. I like all of it. I'm a very enthusiastic person, but you always have your favorites. And uh, I tried not to, is it like, oh, this and that. And then Bostia does it all the time. <laughs> right. 
does. So then from our marketing department, we're like, you know what? You're good to go. It's like, so Ismail is my favorite character. And look at him. He's so scary. And his mechanic actually is fear. He's such a scary cat. He he just fears everything, and he's yeah, talking. Yeah, like the, it looks like he's afraid of his own magic. Yeah. Yes, because he he was a normal boy living in his city, doing his things, and then suddenly he starts having these visions. And in the city Ismail comes from, spirituality is very important, so they interpret this uh, as yeah. um, a divine sign. Mm-hmm. So, since he's seeing Hawthorn Point in his visions, he should go there. And although he doesn't want to, look at his face. As he does. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't he, I don't like what I'm reading, but it's doing stuff. Yeah. He he is um to me the most human of the bunch because there's always super cool being like the most powerful, the bravest, the most intelligent, but also the most human. And if I saw Lola lurking from the fog and coming straight at me, my reaction would be much closer to Ismail than to Ormuk. <laughs> I would be like, please don't kill me. Sure. So he, he, yeah, he uses fear as his old mechanic. That's so funny. Yeah, in the, in the model you cannot see it, but he's very short, actually. He's very tiny. In fact, Trabor, the, the hegemony of Amazic engineer, the order dwarf, uh, he calls him Mouse. Because he's very petite, Got it. <laughs> and uh, uh, and yeah, Ismail is is uh, fantastic. I really like him. And um, well, there's, there's a lot of, of exclusive characters. There's so many cool models and cool characters. I know we have also uh, well, I've mentioned Vergana, but there's also Jack because um, people wanted a bard. And although Jack mm-hmm. is not, his main occupation is not being a bard. He is a falconer. Oh. <laughs> But he's very good with musical instruments, and because of his um, personal story, he ends up in the court of a noble of a nobleman uh, as a musician and as a falconer. See, he's carrying a sword because he's a very capable swordsman. And um, well, uh, Helion, he's trusty buzzard because that's not a falcon; that's a buzzard, and it's important. <laughs> uh, the, the the bird is not that excited to be here. No, not really. And um, and he can sing definitely, and he has a lovely voice. And but he can also, you know, fight. He uses Helion as his weapon as well. Oh, that's cool. Well, he's a, yeah, it's he like a ranged lap harp. <laughs> that's a dulcimer. Yeah. Dulcimer. There we go. I was looking yeah. for. The, I was looking for. It. I couldn't remember. Lap harp. How how delightfully American of us. You have brilliant dulcimer players in, oh, how do you call them? The Renaissance Fest. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of videos of people playing at the Renaissance Fest when, when we were looking for an instrument. And, uh, and, and it was like, wow, wow, incredibly, <laughs> incredibly talented people in, in those fairs. And uh, so, yeah, we have a lot of characters, um, many of them. Many Vercana, Nergon, Ona, Biwa, Ismael, not Travor, not Iria. I'm missing two. Amelia. Amelia. Steindrag? No, I, I'm talking about characters. Amelia Helbroth, who is the the hetman from the Hegemony of Ambazig, the one with the pistol. Who am I forgetting? Wow. Amelia, Vergana. Oh, she is, she is precious. Mm-hmm. Look at her. The, mm-hmm. the image of 
pulchritude, punctuality, mm-hmm. excellence. She delivers on contracts for sure. You can just tell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's not amused. No, not she's at all. not amused at all. And I love it. See, something that we really like about this bunch of characters is that there's a huge variety of them, not only in races, but also in age, in different powers, in occupations, personalities. It's quite a heterogeneous uh, group, and we love that. What a cool last name, too. <laughs> Hellbroth, I know. Yeah, right? you know. You know what? Actually, it is German or like Polish or something like that, uh-huh. but it happens to be spelled as Hellbroth in English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, when, yeah. We, when we were naming her, because she had to be Amelia, he had to be named. Well, actually, how do you pronounce it? Is Amelia? Yeah, Amelia. Amelia, yeah. Okay, because I say Amelia, sorry. Um, because the main inspiration behind her is Captain Amelia from Treasure Planet. Oh, oh sure. Sure, yeah. sure. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah. we yeah. knew we wanted her to be named Amelia, but we need a cool surname. And we, uh, someone suggested this. And I remember having this conversation saying, but uh, do you like hell broth as in soup from yeah. the yeah. underground? Yeah. And then they say, yeah, and, and I was on board with it. Like, you know what? Absolutely, but but yeah, yeah. It... You know, it's it's like Smith. No, you know, just because your last name is Smith doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean that you're a blacksmith. Like she comes from, or you know, her one of her ancestors was a, a very good cook. Yeah, ran a they can make a hell of it's a all, broth. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Right? Yeah, or maybe the food was very spicy. Oh, no. Yeah, there we go. Or, or, we or go. she she is a, runs a soup kitchen in uh, in uh, what is it? Uh, Hell's Kitchen. Yes, go. exactly. Perfect, perfect. Making soup for the gobblers, right? You gotta. Yep. I yeah, I'm I'm excited to to really like. I think uh, the thing that excites me most about Warcrow. Uh, adventures is is just having uh like an introduction to the world because i mean like we're getting bits and pieces through all the stuff online um but you don't really internalize it until you uh, i mean like memory is associated with uh emotion right and you're not really going to have uh like the the emotional impact is much stronger when you're when you when you have agency so yeah i think that's pretty so i've got a quick question that i hope isn't a spoiler um because i so i absolutely love the red caps and everything about them and I will, yeah, I want, I want them all. Um, Good. <laughs> so I need to know what is the relation. If it's not a spoiler, what is the relationship between Nuada and the 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 rest of the 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 rest of the because like to me instantly I saw that and it was at the same time that like Rings of Power was coming out. So I was like, oh, it's Adar. It is the father of orcs, except. The, the father of these amazing goblins. I want all of it. Give it to me now. Oh um, my God. I'm going to, I'm going to tell the people that you call Nuala the father of this and they're going to love it. I, um, I can't say I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> you can tell me offline. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say, but uh, the relationship is tight. Sure. It's it's um it's a, it's a strong relationship. It's just it's not just like hey, it's just like it was I come I it just happened to pass by and then no no yeah, it's um the arm the arm kind of resembles a little I mean definitely with the with the coloration okay yep. That recently uh, I was working in something straightly related to that. 
and I myself had a lot of questions regarding the the arm because since we have a we are a team of uh, you know the, the various members and we also work with uh, I mentioned the editor but also with all two authors that helped create the world building and put it into words and um, of course even though decisions are made in common and we share everything and uh, you know th there's a very joined effort in practically everything then day-to-day -day tasks logically they need to be um divided mm -hmm. and everyone there's always a person that knows more about a certain thing game mechanics or the narrative of often point or the use of the app or art direction or rule book and then when when i turn to my encyclopedic friends i like sometimes i need their trusty knowledge because i can come up with some idea if I, and then i had an idea of, of no other but it didn't sound right so I, I had a very lengthy conversation with him about the arm specifically, because it turns out that I understood it completely the opposite way. I was sure. like, okay, yeah. so I know. And that's that's gorgeous to happen to have both, you know, the capability of of turning to somebody being like, hey, I don't remember this. And also it makes us it makes us human because the the law is so vast that sometimes you cannot just retain everything. And um, yeah, it, it helps us reach consensus though, because sometimes we come, oh, I understood this. Oh, really? I thought from reading this part, I this is what uh, inspired me to think. And then we put it together and we make a mixture or we yeah. decide which one is more solid. So yeah. Yeah, Nuala, he's, he's a cool guy. Okay. I, I, I like that. We're really excited. I, I like that uh, you know the the lore is so rich and we're really even in this conversation right we're we're sort of just like getting all the teasers and, and little little uh, drips and jabs and, and getting to sort of see a little bit behind the curtain it's it's very tantalizing for sure um, <laughs> I I did have a, a very mechanic question that confused me uh, maybe this was resolved since the uh, the demo that we played but I was confused about the um, the initiative wheel. So the actual like mm -hmm. initiative part makes total sense. Uh, there's there's a little bit of uh, it's it's always interesting. I, I imagine you've experienced this at demos too. Like when you um, when you try to explain like when you when you do the multiple action thing by putting a, a cubes yeah. down, you have to advance the initiative. Some people like to explain that as like oh I'm increasing my initiative for this round from like I don't know four to five. Other people you know move it immediately the actual like mathematical effect on the wheel is identical. It's just like how you approach it, sort of like how people do infinity armor saves. Am I adding to my role or, you know, what's my target number? So, but yeah. the thing that confused me was the rounds. So, okay. because you all, I mean, like you, you're basically just adding a number then modulating by 10, right? So you're always, you always go around and around and that's all fine. But I guess what it wasn't. You, you mean you always going around and around? Ah. Well, yeah, I guess. But I, I I guess it wasn't uh, I wasn't sure sure what because the the app has you advance the round you have to like touch the little number mm -hmm. and, you know but Adam and I couldn't figure out like there was there didn't seem to be any reason to to do that right like okay like mechanically it you know it, it's very clear well we went from uh, we we're now at one again right mm -hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't clear as to why or what was being tracked or like was there state being reset because like nothing changes when it gets back to your activation you refresh everything 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, so like you I, refresh everything we chose to give you for the demo, but all the abilities uh -huh. do need to be refreshed at the start of the round. Uh -huh. And also the events will activate at the beginning of each round and certain scenarios can be lost if you spend too much time on them. So at the beginning of Got round it. X, it will finish the scenario. Okay. And also okay. um, the consequences of pushing someone uh, to the next round. And uh, so, yeah. Okay. It's much okay. like, an, like an event trigger, like, um, yeah, this, this matter of controlling the time, say, for example, okay. that we, we will give you the instruction, though. We don't like, we, we like to tease you as sure. game developers. Yeah. It's fun to see you yeah. struggling a bit. But then if the game is not playable and even more, if it's not enjoyable, you're not doing your job right. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, these are games that we are not doing them in order to torture our game the game players but you know to to have you know to make it have fun in a very struggle way so sometimes also rounds help us control time very well and uh we Got will it. give you notice like hey uh <clears throat> something is coming i would you know i would speed up if i was you <laughs> so things like that or i particularly like the event like a round triggered event mm -hmm. because they could be something from the respawning of enemies, um, sure. an avalanche of rogs, um, yeah. a wantazo from the fog being like, oh, yeah. the fog is here. And then, yeah. I don't know. And then suddenly you so all covered. The layer action, so to speak. The goop. So yeah, yeah, the trigger. As I was saying, the, the, um, it's limited what we showed in the demo. And now seeing what we show in the first gameplay, there's there's so much more to show. Although sure. something that happens uh, in the demo game that does not occur in the first scenario is the ability that you can make use of the abilities, because we were discussing a lot if including them in the in the demo game or not. Because the upside is that they show you that you will have abilities to unlock, and it reaches to a point where you can choose from a variety of cards. You have these many cards, but you can only, the app will tell you, you can take these many of these kind for the next scenario, which is good because like, people like seeing progression, but also at the same time, the downside for us was, yeah, but there's yet something else to introduce the, the new players to, and that can take a lot of time or sometimes it's not that easy. So we chose to finally include it, but in the first scenario, you don't see anything because again, right. it's like starting at level one. Mm -hmm. And you don't gain all your abilities. It's in like, yeah, in say, yeah. in after, you know, completing scenario three, you will have like boom, all of it. No, it's like there's a progression, mm -hmm. and there's some equipment, um, new equipment unlocked, and new abilities of different kinds. So there's always this, and there's always chance to change your equipment. It doesn't mean that, for example, say that in scenario two, I selected these two abilities and this weapon. It didn't do that well. It didn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a thing for me. I can change them in scenario three, same right. way that I can change the character I'm playing with. So that's cool. I mean, I I, I think we, we like Adam and I are 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 very happy to dive straight into the full rule set. Like you know, uh, so so we're we're Please always don't like... die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we're excited to learn everything. Uh, and so when we saw that, we're like, this is. This feels weird and unfinished because, like, it doesn't. Yeah. Seem, it's just kind of like this this open hook that doesn't seem to be attached to anything. But now that you you know you've explained that, but fair, this, it's yeah. a work in progress, and also yeah. it shows how the 
the game has advanced and developed so definitely yeah it was not something to be like oh no they find out and no like we showed you a, a work in progress and we were very much aware of that it would be very wrong from us getting defensive at me like oh no because it has its reasoning no some things were very good some things were just okay and some things did not work therefore we changed them so yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how a good game. Yeah, just, honestly, that's that's the mark yeah. of a good design process where you're like, this isn't working, but I love it, but we're gonna yeah. get rid of it, right? That's sometimes that's it's difficult because it works for you, mm -hmm. but then you see it over and over, and that is something that we, as game developers, we we need to be very much aware that we know, we always know mm -hmm. because it's us. But then if you take it out of the knowing circle. It just, when something does not work, it shows. And it shows very clearly and it shows very, it's a direct thing. It's not so, there's no way around it. It's just like, this doesn't yeah. work. And, and and sometimes you need to be like, you know what? We loved it, but uh, not here. And that implies discarding profiles and, yeah. and abilities and full characters and choosing something over the other thing. So, yeah, it is it is nice because we have a very, like cohesive team and sometimes even when we disagree a lot which is fantastic i think we we have different opinions but we never argue and we never try to push someone's opinion on, on top of it if you have arguments to defend your point perfect we will listen yep. to them and and after all we have you know there's a team leader that is like ultimate source of like you tell me you are seeing the process, you know, the overall, so you you tell us what's best for the game. So there's a lot of communication, a lot of like, you know, all right, like I will I will seed this part and maybe I can incorporate something I like a little bit later. It's, it's very organic, I would say. The game process is very organic. And sometimes it does not just stick in the development. There's there's this um in the in the alternative. Uh, enemy's box there is a troop she's called the needle and the needle was a surprise because she was not contemplated whatsoever but it came along the development process because we're Corpus Valley and our thing is miniatures and we make awesome wicked designs and sometimes the miniature needs something so you need to incorporate that in the development process because sculpture tells you to or because design tells you to like suggest hey um this is cool but it's very plain very simple can we put something like that or they directly added something uh an example i always like to put is that soka at first she didn't have a braid the plate that she had she, she didn't it was like just a little bun up mm -hmm. here and then a sculpture added that because it was very nice and and powerful looking or like oh my god yes and that's not mechanic that's just aesthetic it's just, oh, sure and now she has this mm -hmm. just awesome this beautiful long hair that's cool but then you will need something to incorporate a mechanic and the needle was actually a concept design the puppeteer and oh. we saw that we well, the whole team was there because al is uh, he coordinates concept design and he called us in like hey this is what the artist uh, proposed and these are all the models and all of us looked at that one it's like okay we don't know what that is but she's perfect do not touch her. we need to find her a place mm. we need to and then 
the needles appeared. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was not a process of, oh, I know I want this unit. And then it started the amazing brainstorming, like, oh, this is a scion that could do this and that. Oh, she's like, you know, she goes around fixing the dead bodies because ah. she is like a weaver. And, like, oh, and then they could have these arms attached because they belong to the dead flesh. And it's like, oh my God. And it started working. And there she is. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. It, it shows you mm-hmm. how the process, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's very much alive. It's organic is a good word for for describing it. Uh, all the units are very clear. For example, the husks we knew we needed that. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, you need you need and, the random like low level, like the the rat <laughs> you go beat yeah. out. Right? Yeah. You need the the. I'm actually gonna look for this word, but with in Spanish we call it the purria, like the 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 the. Conversation in 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 English, purria. It's like the, uh, I guess, like the chaff, like the, the easy to kill. Yeah. 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 yeah like the, the, the basic stuff. And, uh, mm. yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very nice seeing that sometimes it's the narrative that leads to a troop. Sometimes it's the design. Sometimes it's a sculpture. Sometimes it's marketing. Sometimes it's concept design. So it's, it's very much alive, uh, the process. And uh, having different perspectives coming into play is great because they show you different approaches to the same topic or solution, different solutions for the same thing that you didn't come up with. And then you listen yep. to your coworkers and it's like, whoa, that's genius. <laughs> I like it. Fantastic. Well, before we take off, I think uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you one final question, um, uh, which is, what is the uh, the flight velocity of an unladen war crow? Are you sure it isn't laden? It is. Is it not taking a coconut with it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you so much, Hoopoo, for joining us. This was a lot of fun, and we will. Definitely have to find a time to get you back. This is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. I loved every second of it. Thank you to all of you for inviting me and for you know <laughs> being interested in our dungeon crawler. I think you're going to love it if you uh, come on board with us. And uh, yeah, just thank you in general. I had a blast. I'm so I'm so happy to hear that. And uh, all I want in exchange is the the game bible so I can read all the secrets. You will have <laughs> it we, in. <laughs> you you will have it, and um, believe me, we are also law-oriented creatures, so you yep. shall have, and you shall be able to read, and um, yeah, it's just, when, whenever, I am very happy to come back when we can talk a little bit more yes, about the, uh, the war game. and I all um, about the science and how I can, I can just help people, you know, become anointed. It's fine. Exactly. Can I ask you, though, yeah. I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I would love you to tell me, out of everything you've seen, maybe tried on the game table, I would love you to tell me which one is your favorite character and which one is your favorite Scion. Okay. You thought you were the only ones with questions. So (laughs) in terms terms of, like, PC characters, and which uh, Scion, I would have to say uh, the, the puppeteer. I, I really like uh like it's just it's just so let me see if I can find a picture of it to share, but um I'm not sure if I found it. But anyway anyway, so that that's that's my answer. I don't know, Adam, if you have a, you have a... The Rock is my favorite character. Okay. Um, for sure. Um Aww. 
And you like the white link. We all love I, the white link. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and I, you know, all I, I think, you know, I think all of the, um, <laughs> you, know, the you, hospital, you can't like, mention the red caps though. I mean, the, the yeah, red caps, it's, it's red caps, period. <laughs> it, I, then, I think the, from the red caps, the one I like the most is the gobla. The yes. like piranhas is just, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> the the is fantastic. Um, I'm quite fond of the flame cob. But the stomper is really cute too. They're all great. They're, they're all, they're all pretty. Yeah. They're all they're all very all you. Which is, it is which also is like half like semi demi canon that the flame cops may or may not listen to Fireball by Pitbull in the nice. free time. <laughs> there you go. And dance to it. Uh, oh yes, yeah, that's all I want. I want I want a uh, I want a a, a stuffed uh, flame cob. Oh, uh, a plushie? Or, yes, or plushies. Any, any red cow, honestly. Uh, push, push it on the yeah. plushies, Tope, because I've been asking for a plushie of Ormuk, and yet I am plushie-less. Mm, That's okay. a shame. Well, we'll, no. we'll bring it up every show, and we'll every time we see uh, anybody from CV at conventions and stuff, we'll harass them about it. To answer the question about the character, though, I would have to say Narya. I really enjoy the design space because... Uh, if you've listened, you know, for, for the listeners who watch the show, you, like people know that I am a very positional player. I think it's important to, to pay attention to where stuff is, how do you shape the battlefield? And I really like the, um, uh, the, the, I can't remember the name now, the little ball she puts out. The Narlin. Yeah. Yeah. The Narlins. Those, like, I was like, this is really cool because it incentivizes me to think several turns ahead which I enjoy about games, but not too many turns ahead because I, I, you know, I love the idea of playing like Go, but I can't read twenty moves into the future. I'm just like I'm not, I, I'm not that good. Uh, but this is like the right amount of of being able to read ahead, and you get to put the knowledge in like where you want to sort of apply the slow state, right? Uh, and then also you can just like shoot the like her, I guess that's a lightning bolt through it and like blow them all up. Yeah. And and yeah, so I, create, I always yeah. imagine the blast as a, like a. Yeah, yeah. So I I I just really like that uh, the mechanic is so clean in that it it, it just like you put it on the battlefield it makes sense you know why you're doing it. Uh, so not only is it is it thematically fun to play you know the arrogant like stuffy wizard right. It's also really cool to see a mechanic that is uh, both um, thematic and also tactically rewarding. Like so, the whole it's the whole package. Mm -hmm. um, and then she like, is the yeah. whole package. Yeah, and but then like runner up <laughs> would have to be Luvian because she's just so OP. <laughs> like, she's yeah. so yeah. We we um we we've like toned down a bit okay. Luvian because yeah. she she was she's so she strong. was. She was a killer, wasn't she? Yeah. Like, oh my god! <laughs> she can, she can, she whack stuff and heal stuff at the same time. Like, what is going? But on? she that 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 she still does. Yep, yep. Because it is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's like I'm helping. Wait, let me heal your wounds. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you ever played uh, uh, Team Fortress for the original Quake. Um, no, I didn't have a chance uh, to. But uh, so the they 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 were operating and like nobody knew how to like really do game modifications back then. I mean, it was like a very new thing, and so they were reusing old the the original character models. And the melee weapon for Quake was just an axe, and so you could like whip out an axe and like beat people with it in the normal game, right? Um, but then when they made the medic, they're like, well, we need some way that you can heal people. Um, I think we want some limitation on it. Like now in modern team fortress, it's like a heal gun, 
and shoots like a healing ray or whatever. But back in the old days, you had an axe, and so you could hit your <laughs> hit your friends with it to heal them, or you hit the enemies <laughs> to do damage. So literally, the medic would just like run around and like whack people. And so one of the things you would do is uh, there were spies that could pretend to be um, pretend to be like your 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 side and to change the color of their model. So literally, like the, as a medic, your job was to like run around and actually be like, "Are you a spy? Oh, I'm not doing damage. Okay, you're good. You're good." <laughs> then, like, keep going. So that it's, is it's, brilliant. It's that is the best that. game mechanic. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you so much, and everybody, go check out Warcrow Adventures over on GameFound. We'll of course have a link in the show description. Yep, Warcrow.com. Um, Super easy to get to. Yeah, that's yeah, really that's probably easier. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't leave it that, yep. but yeah, go to Warcrow.com. Find it on GameFound. Um, there are some fantastic models that will only be available through the Kickstarter and uh, the, the Game Down campaign. So go get those toys and everything else will also be available uh, eventually in stores. So, yay! Yay! Thank you so much for coming on. And to everybody out there, have a wonderful day or evening or whatever it is for you. And yeah, I was about safe. to say goodnight. But... <laughs> thank you, travelers, for the time and the fun. And thank you, Chad. You guys are lovely. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. So long. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.